This is Paul Yeager from Iowa PBS, and you are listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast. Coppers Davis. Davis will drive and dump it off to Maddox. The ball with 10 seconds to go. AHSCW has no answer, and Nottaway Valley has punched their ticket and is on to Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines. Nottaway Valley, final score. 55-33, Wolverines head to state for the first time in school history. Welcome to the Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stonebreaker. Welcome in to listeners new and old. I appreciate it. I'm the sports editor at the Tipton Conservative, the weekly newspaper for Cedar County in eastern Iowa. This podcast project today is the largest I've had. I'm very thankful for the guests this week who took time out of their schedules to come on the podcast. This podcast is a preview of the Class 2A Girls State Basketball Tournament. We made it. It's state tournament week. And can you believe back in October how many thought that we would even have a season? Yet we did. Very few games were not played. And a prevailing thought was, let's get to Thanksgiving and then break, take a break until after Christmas, and then we're good. That was a popular popular thought late last year. Look at us now. Eight teams remain in each class, looking for bids to the final four in those respective classes, with the ultimate dream of capturing a state championship. After battling an invisible foe all year long, eight teams remain in Class 2A. Eight communities are represented with big dreams. It's going to be a great week. On today's podcast are Jason Esslinger from the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union, PBS Iowa sports anchor Paul Yeager, Cedar Rapids Gazette prep sports writer Jeff Linder, Nottaway Valley Girls basketball coach Brian Eisbach, KSIB radio sports director Damon Helgevold, West Branch Girls basketball coach Jared Tylee, West Branch Times editor Gregory Norfleet, and Jake Ryder, sports editor for the Grundy County Register. While you listen for some or all of this podcast, I thank you very much. If you're a fan, enjoy this week. If you're a coach or player this week, good luck. Go get them. Forever memories await. All of you. With that said, let's get started. Welcome back to the Ghost Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Jason Esslinger from the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union to talk about the uh, state tournament coming up this week. Jason, welcome on the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Glad to be here. Ready to roll for state basketball. You know, Jason, those words uh, are comfort to a lot of people uh, getting ready for next week. And those are words that back in late October, early November, we weren't sure that you were going to say those words. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, I, I agree. We, it's, it's, you know, especially in November when really things we were kind of going through, got through our volleyball and all our winter sports, 
or fall sports and going towards winter, really, really things were, were I mean, a little shaky. And, and uh, but, uh, you know, I think really uh, having, you know, one of the, I guess, advantages of having, having maybe having summer sports, whereas no one else in the country did, was softball and baseball. And, and we were able to kind of get prepared and, and come up with some, some plans and, and kind of having gone through it, sort of some things that we knew that worked and didn't work and, and, uh, Gave some guidance to some some really fantastic athletic directors and and coaches around our state that that, that, that really bought into it and and uh, it kind of made this work. And you know, the, really the, the the big thing on this is the true, for lack of a better term, rock stars of this whole thing have been the kids. Uh, they've bought in. Um, they've done what they have. You know, we, everyone has asked them to do. Uh, you know, they. Uh, that's one thing. You know, and I have as a dad myself. I mean, I find that that you know, teenagers and kids are pretty adaptable. They they can roll with things a lot better than than us adults do sometimes. And and uh, you know, they they you really kind of get a feeling for the passion that everyone has for for their sports and how much they want to play because they they don't complain. They don't. They just they do what they're asked to do, and it's and that's a big reason why why we're at where we're at right now with 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 having a state tournament here next week. You guys get started Monday. However, preparations went on a long time ago, and uh, now you can kind of just sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labor, maybe. I don't know. But what sort of changes uh, can fans expect this week at State? Well, I think the, the biggest change is we, we've kind of we've kind of tweaked our schedule a little bit, to get, and we do we did that to allow for more time. Uh, so right now, there's there's where there was maybe an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes. We've added fifteen minutes, uh, um, basically two hours between games. So so what we're doing is it's going to be longer days. We're, we'll have seven, you know, we're going to have seven games on Monday and Tuesday. We'll get started at nine in the morning, and and we're going to start our last game at nine at night. So that's going to be two really really big days of basketball and and we're doing that to accommodate the, for the extra time that's needed to for sanitizing and and uh you know kind of getting people back and forth uh, to where they need to be and and uh, you know the ticket situation's a little bit different uh, obviously um you know we can't have a full capacity at Wells Fargo Arena um um and i i think everybody that wants to go to the game i, I think will be able to get into the game i don't think we'll have any issues from that respect but uh the seating is reserved and it's for each game so that that is a little bit different than what we've had in the past um so that's probably the biggest change and just you know the overall setup i mean you, we we want a social distance um we're putting our radio our radio folks will be up above in the in the um in the press box in the second level of wells fargo and we'll have one one row uh, uh for press uh during the week as opposed to where we've had two in the past uh and just little things here and there little tweaks um now you won't see at the score table as many people on the score table and this is to try to keep people as safe as possible and and obviously everyone has to mask up while you're there and and uh um we'll all be masked up as well and and uh so i those i mean the basic things that i think anybody that's that's been in an activity um high school activity the last the last 11 months um or at least since the summer uh they're used to it um and uh, it's it's I, I think it I think it'll work out just fine. Uh, you know, I, like I said, we're all kind of learned to we've all learned to roll with things this uh, the, this last year, and and uh, you know, once we've gone through this and we go through the spring sports, we'll have gone through everything with COVID once, and 
and I hope it's just one time. I hope this is the last of it, and, and, and we certainly want to do our part um, to make sure that uh, we don't have any issues um, uh, at state basketball. I don't think there's, at least I haven't heard, and maybe you could speak to this too, it, there hasn't been a team season ended to date for COVID. Um, at least the teams that are, um, you know, getting to the regional finals and stuff. Um, but also, you know, having uh, an unknown foe every day all year. And the kids that yeah. are coming through this year, um, you know, the, the skills, the, the, the perseverance, the, the leadership, the uh, stick to uh, not non-quitting stuff, um, you know, being vigilant, things like that are, are things that are going to live on past this season. I think so. I, mean, I really do. I mean, you know, that's one thing we've learned as, as a staff here at the Athletic Union is there's some things that that we've, we've some things we put into place, and, and it's like, oh, okay, we we like that. Uh, just for an example, I mean, the big one in volleyball. I mean, you know, everyone stayed on their side of the court. We didn't do switchovers after every every set, and found out that the coaches really liked it. And and I think that's going to be a permanent thing now. I don't think you're going to have people just switching courts or anything along line, along those lines unless there is a uh, some kind of unfair advantage to being on one side, but I don't think there's too many gyms that would have that. But, but um, you know, there, we've, we've learned some things, uh, and sometimes you get kind of, we all do, and I'm, I'm really bad about that. You get kind of stuck in what works, and you don't really want to take the time, or not necessarily take the time, but you don't want to change what's what's working well. We've had to change a couple things that have been working because of that and necessity, and we found, okay, well, this way works better. And we've found that in just about every single sport we've had this year and that, that with COVID. So there's, there's been a, it, sometimes it's, it's good to have to be forced to think outside of the box, uh, to use a cliche, I guess. But, uh, um, we've learned some things and that, and that's good. And we, and we probably will this week at state basketball too, find some things that, that will determine that, that we may really like and want to keep. Jason, let's look at the 2A field, uh, and then maybe you can uh, give some thoughts if there's something on the other classes. Uh, you know, Class 2A has uh, the top five ranked teams are there, and iron- uh, not ironically, but uh, coincidingly, that's the top five seeds in the eight-team bracket. And, you know, you look at it up and down here, you have the defending champ in North Lane. You have Grundy Center, Trainer and Rock Valley, who have won state titles before um, as programs. You have Trainer with 17 trips to the state tournament. is remarkable. And then you have Nottoway Valley. They're making their first trip ever. So there's a lot. There's couple. There's two pairs of teams from the same conferences. Um, with that said, I, I, I keep going back to this theory of mine that 2A is kind of open. It is- Absolutely, I, I I agree with you 100, uh, percent Ryan. I, I do think this field is is it's anybody's anybody's field. I don't think there's anybody here that doesn't belong. Um, they you know you, even Rock Valley was unranked. Uh, they 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 beat a very good uh, um, a very good team. Uh, well, they went through it. I guess it was Emmitsburg that, that they beat in the regional final. That that beat a top top eight team to to reach the regional final. But they they've played tough competition all year.
from a from a state tournament appearance last year, and and lots of teams with state tournament appearance. Grundy Center is made uh, two years ago. They were they were and they, the last two years, prior in eighteen and nineteen, were the two A runners up. Um, Dyke State or, been a regular. They've been this is their fourth straight tournament they've been in, and and uh, of course North Lynn, the defending champs. Uh, you know, even though they've had to replace four starters from last year's team, uh, they've got good, really good young kids, and they just are reloading right now. And probably ahead of the, ahead of the where even they wanted to be at this point. Um, uh, looking at their team, and of course Nottaway Valley, the the, the first timer um, and unbeaten, uh, played. Uh, Played well all year long, um, and I'm really, it's always fun to have a team that's never been there before, just to see, you know, the atmosphere, the electricity that goes with, goes along with with that, uh, with a first time team that's made it to the state tournament, and and uh, you know, on all of them, there's some, some some terrific players in this in this class too that to keep your eye on, and and yeah, it's just, I mean, it could be one of those things where whoever's whoever's hot at this time uh, next week is maybe the team that 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 puts it all together and wins it. I, I think. All eight of them can come into it thinking, you know, we've got a shot here. You know what's interesting to me is if you're a fan of offense, you're going to like the 2A field. Um, yep. Three of the top four teams and 11 or so of the top 20 uh, high-scoring 2A teams are in this field. And not not 11, I'm sorry, that, I misspoke. There's, there's quite a few. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think defensively will be fascinating to watch these teams try to slow these some of these teams up. Um, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, North Lynn's a different North Lynn team, but it's North Lynn. You know, they've been there for a yep. while. Um, Highway Valley leads the state, I think, in 2A and points per game. West Branch scores at a high clip. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I, I think there's uh, several coaches in that bracket that are like, how are we going to slow these teams down? Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, there's a lot of terrific coaches in this class, too, uh, that have been that have been through it before and, and uh, uh, really get the most out of their kids. And, and you're right. I mean, you've got some high-scoring offenses uh, and going against some, some terrific defenses. Um, you know, and and that, I think that's where the chess game comes in with with, with – with with this with this class and you know I think Dyke New Hartford uh, despite their youth um, losing three starters from last year I mean I don't think anybody including their coach thought they were going to be unbeaten coming into this and and they've got some dynamic athletes uh, very young athletes that are very very talented um, Peyton Peterson um, uh, being one of them uh, anybody that followed volleyball last last fall knows how good that they are and a lot of those same athletes that were on their state championship volleyball team are are dressing for their basketball team and they get after it on defensive on defensive matchup zone is is really tough to score against and they've just absolutely dismantled teams this year um uh beat a very good 3a osage team um uh beat a west hancock in the regional final um and they can score too so they're going to be a tough out i mean mac valley they've got a lot of kids uh that can score as well um you know you mentioned ottaway valley maddox uh Evolved averaging 24 points a game, and that's the best in in 2A. Um, uh, they they can pour pour in points, and again, they're a tough defensive team as well. And then you know, Lexi Shike, uh, she leads the 2A field in in, in rebounds at 12.8 boards a game too. So a um, lot of talent there, and um, you know, West Branch with Sasha Koenig, um, 20.9 points a game. Uh, they sure looked they looked outstanding in their regional final. I mean, they look like a team that that they look like a championship caliber team um 
and definitely worthy of that number three ranking that they've got coming into the tournament. So, I mean, there's a lot of tough out. Everybody's a tough out here, everybody. And, you know, it's just going to see who can put it together the best, I think, next week, and that's the one that'll be that'll be holding the trophy at the end of the week. 2A is not the only field uh, out there at State. There's other classes. What are, you know, a lot of times you uh, you get people that come out and they stay for part of the day or a different day or, you know, teams may come out after their season's in to check out their class in the semifinals or whatever. Who are some uh, our listeners or, or even uh, people going out uh, this year in other classes or are there teams or their players or there uh, any significant things uh, uh, people going for any milestones or anything uh, coming in this week is there a longtime coach uh, or, or a new a new coach or something or or what 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 are some of the uh, overall things well I think if you just went by class by class I mean there's different stories in each class I mean if you go look at 1A uh, there you've got the potential um, and highly likelihood I hate to say of, of an outgoing to Bishop Garrigan versus New Fonda final I mean they've been 1 and 2 uh, they met in a f- uh, unbelievable championship game last year that the New Fonda was able to squeak by to win their second straight title um, and uh, Bishop Garrigan's got everyone back from that team um, and I uh, have one of them uh, they have Audie Crooks, who is one of the top sophomores in the country, not just in Iowa, uh, and averaging 20.5 points a game and 10.3 rebounds. Um, also one of the leaders, and I think she leads the uh, 1A field blocks as well and, and uh, shooting six, almost 70% from the field. I mean, she's, she is a handful. And, you know, and then you've got, you've got that style versus New Fonda, who likes to press and come at you, and they, de- they play defense as hard and as fast as anybody. Um, the two teams met during the regular season, and, and Algona won pretty handily in that game. But um, uh, Dick Juggers uh, will have his team ready to roll. Uh, they will, and if they were able to meet in the final again, I, I don't anticipate that being a blowout as, uh, at all. I think that'll be a whale of a ball game if it happens. And they've just been rolling by everybody, both of those teams, no matter what class. Algona's only loss was to Valley, and it was a very close game that they led for quite a bit of it. And um, and and uh, they're going to. I just think those two are really head and shoulders above above the field in this class. Um, but I, but also you know you look at Springville, uh, always a tournament regular, and you can't you can't I, you know you have you bring in regulars that are here day in and day out. And I think that's worth some points. Uh, you're in and you're out. I should say that's always worth some points um, coming into a game when you've got that experience to where you've been on that that big court and in front of those in front of the, in that large arena. Uh, so, you know, you have a St. Ansgar who was a qualifier last year. Um, you know, Montezuma who's been there. This is the fourth straight year they've been there as well and got some good players. Uh, Xyra Elkhorn-Templeton is kind of a regular too and along with Springville. So everyone is going to be a tough out. But, boy, uh, I think everyone's kind of pointing for that showdown, that potential showdown between number one, Bishop Garrigan and, and, and Newell Fonda. And then, you, you know, you go to you look at Class 3A, um, again, I think that's just as wide open as as the 2A field. You, I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite there. Uh, Cherokee's unbeaten um, in rank number one, but, um, you know, I think second-ranked Clear Lake is always a very, very sound 
team, very defensive-oriented. Uh, Unity Christian has got amazing athletes. Um, uh, there are three seed. West Lyon is a, a um, relative newcomer to the field along with West Burlington. Um, Roland Story is always good. So, you know, I, I think that's – and, of course, Assumption, uh, the 3A team that has a has – a eight, they're 8-11, eight and 11, but they're tournament-tested because they play in a 5A. They play in primarily a 5A class against some outstanding schools there, too. And, you know, you turn to 4A, you've got top-ranked Glenwood, um, uh, second-ranked Ballard, um, two teams that, uh, that are very talented. Glenwood was a state semifinalist last year. Um, uh, and you've got the defending champs, North Scott, two-time defending champs. Uh, they're a five-seed. They're playing Central DeWitt, a conference foe. Um, and both of them split during the regular season. So I think there's that's kind of an exciting matchup. Um, then you got Dallas Center, Grimes, and Bondurant Farrar, uh, two teams that I think know each other pretty well. Um, Harlan is in there again after a couple of year absence. And the Buke Wallert, uh, again, another team that plays a very tough schedule. Uh, and you, you, you know, we'll kind of close out with the 5A's here. And the 5A class is always, you know, so much fun to watch, so many amazing players and teams. And, again, the field is one of those where you you have eight teams that, that can legitimately say that they've got a shot to win at a walkie. Um, Number number one team in the in in, in the state. Um, they were a state finalists last year. Uh, they've got everyone back, just about everyone back from that team. Johnston, the defending champs, have kind of reloaded with some newcomers and that have played well. Uh, Waterloo West, the team I think is really just a tough tough team. Can score and, and they're fast and and uh, fun to watch. Um, they've got a great sophomore, Haley Pook. Haley Pook, Pook. I'm sorry. Uh, and um, and then they, they, they start off against a conference foe, so you, in Iowa City West, so you got two teams playing that know each other pretty well. And then in the 4-5, you've got Southeast Polk and AK Centennial, two perennial powers that, that, uh, um, will no doubt have a, both have, are both well coached, and that'll be a really exciting game as well. And I guess I left out Cedar Falls and Dowling in the seven and eight spots, but again, there's a lot of tradition there, um, and those two teams are never a tough out in March. I was going to say, it sounds weird to have Dowling be that far as a seed, you know. Um, yeah. Things happen. So, you know, before I let you go, why don't you let our listeners know how they can follow along the tournament action this week. I'm sure the uh, social media uh, presence will be there. And, you know, I know the finals are on TV on Friday on PBS. But, you know, between there, there's also an opportunity to follow along no matter what class. Absolutely. For those of you that are that are working, uh, well, you can always uh, put your put your computer on mute and go to our website and, and watch our our live stream. All of our first round and semifinal games are on on our website uh, on our live stream on our digital network. So you can watch all of those games for free at ighsau.org. Um, and uh, um, we are very fortunate to have some great people we work with uh, to help produce those streams, and it's usually a pretty good product. So. Uh, always looks good and then of course Iowa Public Television we're so thankful for the relationship that we have with, with IP Iowa Public Television um, Iowa PBS uh, they they do our finals um, they, they broadcast our finals on statewide Iowa Public Television and if you're out of state you can always go to the Iowa Public Television website or our website and we'll have links to that as well and, and they do just a tremendous job telling the stories of, of the kids at, the, at, at, at this year's tournament and, and it's, it's, they do we're very fortunate again to have a, a great relationship with them. Jason, sometimes you guys put on uh, 
uh, a list of radio stations as well. Will you guys have that potentially as far as a list of what stations cover who, or is that, am I... Yeah, we try to, we, yeah, no, that's, that's right. We'll have a list of, of those that are broadcasting in some way, shape, or form on our website. I haven't seen the list yet, uh, but, but uh, should have it here shortly, and we'll have that up on our website by Monday. So if anybody wants to wants to see what radio stations may be uh, broad, that are broadcasting or streaming, uh, we'll have that on our website as well. Jason, thanks for your time this afternoon. Look forward to this next week. It's always fun. You know, and uh, knock on wood, it looks like the weather's going to might be the best in a long time um, going into next week. We'll get some of the snowpack melted down this weekend, hopefully, and we'll be ready for basketball next week. Good weather always helps, that's for sure. And I know that, that it'll, we're looking forward to a nice, fun week. It'll be a good capper to a to a very unique season, and, and uh, we'll, we'll be very happy. I, it'll be, I'm really anxious to see the, the kids play this week. Podcast. We're catching up with a repeat guest uh, from the podcast. Several of you will know this uh, next guest on the podcast. He is Paul Yeager of Iowa PBS. He'll anchor the sports coverage this week at the State Girls Basketball Tournament. Paul, welcome on. Good to be back. I have repeated. I plan to repeat every story that I've told before, so there's no new information. You're going to just dub in the new names of the year, right? Whenever I say 2021, I just say it once and you edit it in. So this is great. We'll, we'll Let's try to cover some new territory. <laughs> Cut and paste, right? <laughs> there you go. Um, some people know who you are. Some don't. Uh, we have kind of have a some new new listeners on since the last time you've been on. Why don't you give a brief uh, summary of who you are and what you do? Well, uh, for those that maybe used to watch Quad City Television, um, I spent a number of years over in Davenport at Channel 6, KWQC, and came over to the Des Moines area, and I've been with Iowa PBS. We used to be called Iowa Public Television now since 2007, and once we started girls' coverage, I became the host of Iowa PBS Sports Coverage, which for basketball, that meant being at the sports desk and getting us in and out of all the, the games at state basketball, and I would do play-by-play for state softball, and I still do softball. This year, a little different. Uh, our COVID broadcast is going to look a little different. Uh, it's going to look a lot like volleyball. You'll still see the cameras from the arena, but the announcers are going to be back in Johnston. So Lauren Leonard and I will be paired in class 5A, 2A, and 1A, and uh, that's over the air. And then you can also watch us online, and that's also a big part of what I do is is deal with online things. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I also happen to work on a little television show called Market to Market, and I've actually been host of that now for a year. So it's not just sports. I, I have a show I have to get ready for on Friday night. Uh, it's a good thing, uh, you know, commodities never have any. Uh, they're always the same, right? It's just corn up, corn down, beans up, beans down, right? That's all yeah. it is, right? It's pretty Every simple, time. if only. You guys have uh, a nice lineup on Friday nights. You add Iowa Press into that too, and uh, um, yeah, it's 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 one of the uniquenesses is of 
Iowa PBS. You know, you guys have uh, a lot of a deep roster of local programming, and uh, I know it was a big deal when you guys got the the girls basketball um, state tournament. You know, that's where it should be. You know, there's a historical element to that. Well, you got to think we treat it a little different, and it is a big deal for us to focus on stories. I mean, that's the core of of Iowa PBS is is storytellers. And, you know, you can look up stats, whether it's on Varsity Bound or you you know some things. But what I want to find out and tell a statewide audience or worldwide if they're watching it online uh, that these are special girls, and the Iowa girl has always got a place in many people's heart. I mean, you go back to six on six, uh, those were, you know, we remember those days well, and we asked even with a little help with the girls' union about, hey, do you have anybody that played six player? Or, you know, do you have a grandmother? Or a, not really a sister anymore. That's pretty hard to have, but uh, there are some great stories, and whether you're in, Waukee, Cherokee, Underwood, uh, St. Ansgar, Montezuma, wherever you may be, West Branch, we think it's important to tell every girl's story as best we can as it fits into the broadcast. And when you don't take commercial breaks, you have a little more time to expand upon that. So Laura Leonard and I will be paired uh, this year on those classes. In fact, we've already had one uh, interview this morning and pouring through some questionnaires. And, you know, I'll be doing some games in the in the lead-up on on the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union Digital Network, and that's all part of it. You can watch all those games for free. The partnership's been really good to kind of promote one on the other. And, uh, you know, this year it's going to look a little different, though, Ryan. I don't know. Uh, in the past, Friday has had two games and Saturday three. Now we're going to be Friday night at 7 is the 5A game, and then Saturday will be 4A, 2A, 3A, 1A. So, and actually those classes have uh, – you know, that's changed just a little bit in the way those are being presented. So you just have to turn it on. I, I, I don't think people change channels, do they, Ryan? I thought they <laughs> just leave everything on yeah. Iowa PBS all the time, right? Right, or on their computer, too. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, the specialness of the state tournament kicks off next week, and main focus on um, this podcast will be Class 2A. Class 2A, uh, you know, you talk about different teams. You have... Uh, uh, ranked teams in there. You have three undefeated teams. You have almost half the field with around two or fewer losses. And um, with all that said, though, um, I I'd make an argument that two A is kind of wide open. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Um, you have <clears throat> Makoka Valley. Coach Monk has told me for years he really likes this class, and they ran the the table undefeated. Wait a minute, so did Nottaway Valley. Wait a minute, so did Dyke New Hartford. And West Branch was one win away from running the table. So when you have four, the top four seeds with only one loss, this is a weird year for a number of reasons. I mean, the virus is one thing. Um, the way some teams have played, it's the smaller schools have played uh, more games than the bigger schools. I did uh, Des Moines Roosevelt, Ankeny Centennial the other night, uh, the regional final. Roosevelt, that was only their 12th game of the year. Waukee has only played 11 games. You have Waterloo West that's played 20. So, I mean, you have some more games, but there's really not anybody in 2A that's played less than 22 games. So they have that full gamut. But the, the difference is 
we haven't had the crossover games that sometimes we get. Uh, I know Jeff Linder will talk to you or has talked to you about uh, that that uh, the rivalry weekend, there's always a chance for coaches and teams to cross over from other parts of the state, play somebody they wouldn't normally, and get a chance to play some tougher competition. Well, that got postponed and then once and then canceled the second time. And so we don't have those measuring sticks. We don't have too many. Now, there is an interesting one that happened in Class 1A where Bishop Garrigan of Algona came down to West Des Moines Valley, a 1A, 5A game towards the end of the regular season for Valley, and it was the last regular season game for Garrigan. So there's one, and I'm going to talk to the Valley coach uh, later today just to kind of learn a little bit more about how his season went, a little prep in 5A. So this is an interesting year, and I think, Ryan, if, if you look at it close enough, who are the teams that are having as good of a season as anybody? It's the teams that have most of their players back from a year before. There weren't a lot of teams learning on the go. These are a lot of veteran clubs that kind of know what their coaching staff expects just because a lot of those summer games didn't happen in some of those summer tune-ups. Yeah, and, you know, we were sitting there last October, a lot of people thinking, how are we ever going to get a winter season in? You know, and to have the number of games, whether it's 11 or 20, whatever, I mean, it's just amazing to me that um, how things change and, you know, how many seniors got to have a season and all that stuff. You know, there's a lot of teams that have returning people, like you said, that, you know, missed out on spring sports or, or whatever and or start to fall. You know, some of the bigger schools in the state didn't start right away. And or, you know, with COVID, different schools, you know, um, there's school in this area that had to shut down for a little while and, um you know, trying to make up games in COVID is kind of <laughs> challenging too. You know, I'm sure you've talked with ADs that are like, man, I'm more busy now than I ever have been because, you know, reschedules, I mean, you, you leave some margin in your schedule, but, you know, when you have multiple uh, trying to fit a week's, two weeks works worth of games in a six-day period gets kind of challenging. <laughs> there should be a Twitter just for athletic directors i know they have networking groups and they'll send blasts out that say we have an open date for two days from now <laughs> you know teams trying to find a game uh that happens you know we saw it in softball um and yeah volleyball basketball here a lot of that has happened college levels you've seen those uh, those changes so yeah ad's have burned their fingers up making a whole lot of texts trying to find hey can we play Saturday night or Saturday afternoon or, you know, some weird time. And that's okay. Uh, and, and, and in a sense, when it, when it comes so quick, that is replicating what you have to do at the state tournament. Say West Branch beats Grundy Center at noon. Say it's 2 o'clock on Wednesday. Well, they have to turn around and play Friday at noon in the semifinal. And then the championship game is less, uh, I guess it is, about 20 six hours later at four o'clock on Saturday. So you're going to have quick turns. And sometimes that's also good for staffs uh, for a, a warm-up for what the state tournament's going to be like. You have a couple of newbies uh, to the state tournament. Uh, not only Valley's one of those two. You know, what sort of things do new schools need to look at? Oh, or even <laughs> returning. Because, you know, even though you've been there, you know, it's a new year, new team. You know, you 
you do have, you know, West Branch has uh, some people back, but, you know, their bench players this that may be called on, you know, this is going to be somewhat new. You know, they were uh, fortunate enough to get out there last year and, uh, you know, kind of dip their toes in a way, but I know they uh, were hoping to go a little further last year before losing to Osage, but, you know, what a draw in the first round. <laughs> Here's Grundy Center, you know. It's like you don't control who you play, but, you know, these are programs. You know, Grundy Center, Trainer, Dyke New Hartford, North Lynn, Lacoca Valley, you know, these are uh, Cadillac programs, and anybody in the state tournament has to be excited to match up and see where you stand against these guys. You look at state championships, and a lot of them have come from these teams, Grundy Center, uh, Trainer. North Lynn, they've all won state tournaments in in just recent years, so they know what it is. But just like a parent will say, you can't pick a kid or have a favorite, and each kid and team is different. And if you ask Coach Lindemann at Grundy Center, you know, well, you know, such and such, you know, is back. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, this year we count on her to be our, our glue, whereas before she was the second one off the bench. But that's also a great opportunity for someone who did learn and watch. And they're not going to be intimidated by how bright those lights are, how big that floor is, how large the backdrop is. And there is something to be said about experience, but there's also something to be said about we don't really care. The court's the same, the the Hoosiers line, the hoop is the same, you know, nothing changes. It is still the sport of basketball. Were you able to take any two, in any two A uh, stuff last night, or were you totally wrapped up with uh, other classes? I mean, I, how do you how do you narrow down what you follow? Because you kind of have to keep track of everything across five classes. Getting ready <laughs> well, for this. this year, yeah, this year's a little different because I have two less classes. So really, it's kind of like it is in softball. I, I, when I I have three classes for softball, and that rotates each year. Uh, I might only focus on I, I, I take a passing interest. I, I do. Uh, I have a friend whose daughter is on the Bondurant for our team, so yeah, I've kept an eye out there in 4A, um, and I've seen Dallas Center. I've seen coaches that you've gotten to know. Uh, you know, Ballard's had a really good run. North Scott, you know, they lose their top score, but yet they're back at state. And um, that is that is interesting. You see familiar names in, in 3A and 4A that you might not get to talk to this year. So. I've just, yes, focused on 1A and 2A, and you look at maybe who is in the top four, uh, and then you just, you never know how things shake out after that. Um, I'm going to have some games in the in the warm-up, in the quarterfinal and semi before the the championship game, so I'll get a really close look at Maquoketa Valley, Rock Valley, because I'll call that game for the Girls Union Digital Network, and, and same with Dyke New Hartford and Trainer. I'll also get a look at those two teams and have a whole lot of study. So I'll have a, a good look at number one and number two if they would happen to advance. You have to look at all of them. I have to, I've learned in the years that we've done this, and I think it's seventh year of coverage, certain things to have that you can just pull. It's easier than asking on the fly because once you win that first game at state, you're in the semifinals and you're a game away from the final. So I will tell each coach that wins that quarterfinal game, I'm Paul with Iowa PBS. If you win uh, the semifinals, this is what's going to happen in the finals because that coach, they're already, once that horn sounds, they're already thinking about, okay, well, we have to get the girls fed. We have to get tape. Have we cut up this team? Do we, we need to scout these people? We, you know, they're going through a whole bunch of things. 
I get better information earlier than I do during the tournament, but there are stories that evolve. And you ask these girls certain questions. I have a feeling, Ryan, I'm going to be talking about TikTok a lot. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of the girls like. Uh, Southeast Polka just heard a great story about how uh, three of them are so into TikTok. And uh, you know what? That's fun. That's part of the experience. I was going to say, will we see a Paul Yeager TikTok potentially or an Iowa PBS something I'm sorry, this week? You, your phone cut out right there. <laughs> I didn't hear you say anything about me getting TikTok. I, I, that's the one I've kinda, I haven't embraced as much as I have, say, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. I, I'm still, I guess I'm old school that way. I just figured it was part of the fine print of your uh, <laughs> contract or whatever, <laughs> other assigned duties or something. Right, right. So, you know, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance with the state uh, tournament. You know, it's, it's a show. It's uh, woven in the fabric of the whole experience. Um, you know, it's time for individuals to shine, teams to shine. You know, you can go back with history. You know, you've named a few programs and um, – I'm sure you can rattle off a, a, a player list that goes pages, you know, and it's it's interesting, you know. So, one A, two A. What do you uh, what do you see? Do you see uh, um, more well, individuals versus let's start, teams? Let's or? start two A. I mean, Maquoketa Valley, you're number one. The the union does a great job. Gary Ross is the basketball administrator, and he gets out and. He knows Maquoketa Valley because he coached there. So uh, he knows people there that can ask, hey, how good's this team? And Maquoketa Valley playing in the Tri-Rivers. They have to play North Bend once or twice a year. They have to play Springville, uh, who's a 1A perennial state tournament team. So there are conferences and there are teams, and you look at patterns. That only gets you so far. It's still about who performs on the big stage. Uh, North North Lynn, Coach Wheatley, you know, familiar with him. Dyke New Hartford, Coach Wall. Uh, always great athletes coming out of Dyke New Hartford, and you can't forget New Hartford when you talk about Dyke New Hartford. Just there's a there's a pro tip for you there. <laughs> if you do play them, make sure you include both towns because um, that's very important, and it's a strong sense of that identity. And, and that's that's also something you learn about Iowans and covering the tournament is there's a reason that those letters are in the school name like MMCRU. If you don't mention all of them. You're in trouble, uh, and you learn what Exira, EHK, Elkhorn, uh, Kimbleton, you know what those all mean, and you know those are big, strong six-player traditions, so you know basketball's in the DNA. Uh, and West Branch had a chance to, you know, see them over the years, and so I'm excited about some of these things. You know, trainers had some coaching changes over the last couple of years. Um, Gail Hardigan is gone. Joe Chapman is in now, and, you know, the way they approach things are a little bit different, but it's still – trainer fans and that's what's fun there is some consistency there in in 2a and 1a i mean frankly i think a lot the easy line to say right now is it's going to be a one versus two i'll go to bishop garrigan newell fonda those two teams have played in the regular season uh garrigan i already mentioned has gone down to play valley uh audie crooks is a player if you don't know her yet you will uh go back and watch last year's 1a title game uh, the big programs are all looking at, at her and to see what she does. But they have to play Springville, who Coach Zaruba, uh, who's taken over there. They're really good every year. Exira EHK. It's been a little while for Coach Peterson since they've been there. But you know he's had good programs. He's sent girls to the, hot, the next level. Uh, but we don't know much about MMCRU. We don't know much about... Uh, 
some programs, but we know about Newell Fonda. Coach Jungers does such a great job there. Kingsley Pearson, I'd heard about them. They have a really good player that you got to watch. Same with St. Ansgar and Montezuma. You lose two great players, and they're back again in the state tournament. So, hey, this is fun. You, you talk um, about and again, and the, you have to kind of watch the games unfold to see how things are going to shake out. You know, you talk about Montezuma getting there. You know, they I think they had to be two ranked teams to get there. Now, granted, they were maybe double-digit ranked teams. But, I mean, you still have to be a ranked team to get there. And, um, I don't know, a lot of these teams did. You know, there wasn't a lot of matchups where there was not uh, two unranked teams in, in either of these. And, uh, yeah. Right. And 1A is tough uh, with so many teams and so much spread out. And again, I go back to what I said earlier, Ryan, about there's just not the crossover games to, to get a sense of where people are at. I give Garrigan credit. And I, I, I'm, I get into a little bit of trouble with some people when I, when I step out and say, you know, I think there's something to be said. Uh, there's, there's relationships that uh, coaches build. They get to know. Like if you've got a team that makes it as a sophomore squad or maybe a junior squad and you lose in either the quarters or the semis, you look around and, and maybe you've met two different coaches that are like, hey, let's play on a Saturday next year, uh, someday in November or December or maybe January. Let's, hey, can we meet in Cedar Rapids at the rivalry weekend? Can we, you know, that because coaches will realize that, oh, who are the champs year in and year out? Or who are the ones always playing in the final four? It's the ones who play tough competition all year round and work at it during the season and get those kids ready. Because you've seen it before. Teams roll in at 23-0 and and lose by maybe 10 or 20 points in the state tournament because maybe they didn't play uh, as tough a schedule. And when they got somebody within five points of them, they things change. You know... We're going to wrap up here pretty quick, but, you know, we're in that time. The parades are over. The the return escorts uh, into town with fire trucks are over, and uh, I, I, I want to see every one of those. I don't know about you, but I'm, like, I'm always like, let's go. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those uh, small town and uh, I, I assume somewhat bigger town thing. I haven't um, explored too much, but... You know, it, it's time. It's time to see who who's the best, you know, and uh, you're going to be right in the thick of things. I think uh, before we let you go, why don't you uh, let our listeners know how they can follow along with you uh, next week, uh, you know, whether uh, social media or online. I mean, you kind of said that earlier, but, um, yeah, it's going to be a good week. We have all sorts of ways that you can watch. I mean, through the girls' union, they'll stream all the games. I'll be part of those coverages. Then the finals – on Iowa PBS, Friday and Saturday, you can watch it on the broadcast. You can record it. You can stream it uh, on on a PBS video app or from your your phone to your TV and, and watch the stream that way. So that's always an opportunity, and that's what's fun because we know that there are people in Washington State or Oregon or, or Virginia or Florida that are watching, and so that's kind of fun. And I don't think a fire truck escort in a town ever gets old. I will tell you. I get emotional. I don't have daughters. I have sons, but I still get emotional about these girls because I want them to know how special of a time it is in their lives and how it goes quick. It's only 32 minutes in a game. 
unless you go to overtime, of course. <laughs> but it goes fast, and this is something you might never get to do again. You have to make the most of every opportunity. Um, when you see those girls' hands, holding hands, standing on the line, singing the anthem, or uh, doing what they do in the in the starting lineups and the introduction, and then when you get to those last couple of minutes and it's pretty obvious one team's going to lose and the coach pulls that senior who's been a glue of the program for years and she comes to the sideline and I get emotional even thinking about it. Uh, she starts to cry because she knows that that journey has ended. It's, it's not the end of the world. The sun does come up the next day, but that chapter of your life is over. And I just hope everybody and fans included have some patience on your coaches Love those daughters and the, the ones that are part of the program, and I'm just so glad that we that we make that a focus of our coverage. And it's just an honor to be a part of it and, and learn about these coaches and players, whether they're farmers like Coach Swab and Bishop Garrigan. I may get to I might get to ask him at halftime if he sold all of his corn. Forgive me if I mix streams, Ryan. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. It's always fun to have you on. I look forward to following along as a media guy and as a fan of high school sports. So good luck this week. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Good to talk. Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Jeff Linder, Cedar Rapids Gazette sports writer. Jeff, welcome on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You are deep in preparation for the state tournament next week. I thought I'd have you on to talk about the tournament in the whole a little bit, but specifically as well in 2A. You uh, also have some coverage for the University of Iowa Hawkeye women's uh, program. You guys are coming off uh, an interesting game with Michigan um, in the last 24 hours. Now your attention, uh, as you, in between games, you get to do state tournament stuff. How are things going? Uh, Really good. Yeah, that was was an interesting night last night. Uh, Game that... uh... We thought it was going to be over at, uh, well, it was supposed to start at 3.30, didn't start until 8.30, and I finally got home a little bit, uh, a little bit before 1 in the morning, so it, was, <laughs> it turned out to be a long day. You uh, have other teams that you'll be covering this week, and I'll ask you about that later, but 2A is where we're at here. The top five ranked teams in 2A are in the eight-team field, and there's several what I would call Cadillac programs over the course of time. They're in the program. What's 2A look like from your perspective? Uh, it looks like a really good, really balanced field. Uh, you, you talk about Cadillac programs, and I think North Lynn fits the bill there. They've, uh, I think they're in the state tournament for the sixth time in the last 11 years. Uh, Trainer won it a few years ago. Uh, they're back in it, although they're kind of uh, a little bit more of a dark horse this year. Uh, Grundy Center's always good. Maquoketa Valley's always competitive rock valley when uh you know they had a, a run of three titles in a row with deb remedy uh probably oh 15 years ago or so now uh west branch has re- really become a a solid program and uh and Dyke hartford you know it's interesting in this side of the state in the eastern side 
you know, you know who was ranked, you know the favorites, but then you had a team like Dyersville Beckman try to spoil the party, yeah. and you know they yeah. they nearly did. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they were coming on strong late in that game against Maquoketa Valley. Uh, they scored nine points in the first half, but really, really kind of turned things on late. It wasn't enough, but uh, uh, you know. Beckman plays in that the Walnut Conference, a two A school, going up against three A and four A teams all the time, and uh, I think that really paid off. And uh, they knocked off two ranked opponents on their way to state, and almost got a third. You know, it's interesting. You go up and down the lineup of these schools, and there are well, all eight of them have at least twenty games in. Now, Grant, some of that's with postseason, but you know, Jeff, we were sitting here last uh, late. October, early November, and we didn't know if, well, we meaning the media, <laughs> I would just yeah. didn't know if we were going to get to Christmas, let alone have the number of games we had. Is that? No, and, and, and a lot of the stuff that was called off was really early, uh, November, and I think two weeks in, about half of the games had been played, but uh, the, that ratio has gone up drastically as we've gotten past Christmas, and and like we said before we, we went on air, uh, there wasn't a girls team in the state that uh, that didn't play in the postseason, which I'd say is remarkable. You've seen your share of uh, state tournaments. I don't mean that as a slight in any way uh, for how long you've been at the Gazette, you know, but you know how special this time of year is. Yeah. It's and, interesting. Uh, and that it really is a, a special time, and – I tweeted the other day. I'm not sure there's there's a, a more fun day in the calendar year than that um, Tuesday or Wednesday in late February when the uh, small school regional finals are going on. Let's take a look at some of the teams in Eastern Iowa that you guys kind of have on the radar. I'm guessing you know half the field is usually how it works out, at least give or take two, at least two, sometimes all four, depending on who makes it. Um, who who are you guys following in two A, and what does that look like for uh, the teams you're covering? Um, well, we've got three teams from our Gazette area. Makoka um, Valley is ranked number one, undefeated. Uh, Northland, the defending champion, they're ranked number five, and uh, both of their losses are to Makoka Valley, and then uh, number three, West Branch. Uh, which I was very, very impressed with in the regional final game against uh, Iowa City Regina on uh, on Wednesday. I'm getting my days mixed up. Yeah, it was Wednesday. So uh, those three, and then if you want to expand the area out a little bit, um, you know, Grundy Center, Dyke and Hartford up to the northwest of us, uh, in the North Iowa Cedar Lake. And then, uh, so, so those, but uh, Maquoka Valley, Northland, and West Branch are the teams we'll primarily have our eyes on. You know what's exciting? I always enjoy seeing multiple teams from a conference. Um, and this year, you know, there's two from the Tri-Rivers, two from the North Iowa Cedar League. Um, normally it's a River Valley Conference that has a couple. But, you know, this year um, in 2A they did not. But are those sort of kind of side notes to a tournament where, you know, these conferences want to carry their banner as far as they can? Sure. Yeah, it is. And I guess it's not a big deal unless they start playing each other. And that could happen if Maquoketa Valley and, and Northland would play in the semifinals, which is certainly possible. Or if uh, Dyke and Grundy play in the uh, 
uh, a semifinal game, which which also could happen. Although I think West Branch is probably going to be in pretty good shape against Grundy. What do you look for when you go to a tournament? Do you uh, obviously do your do the work for the paper for the teams and stuff? But you know, what does it take to catch your eye or catch the uh, the bigger fan base's eye? You know, there's always a a one named star. You know, like we were talking before about um, Deb Remerty. You know, it, it's Remerty. You know, or or back in the day, it was Birdo for Mary Birdo or. You know, yeah. for other classes, it was other oh, people. Or uh, somebody like that, especially in the small schools. And, uh, yeah, they're always out there, and uh, you just uh, you just got to find them. And there, there's always some, some really good storylines out there, and uh, it's uh, just kind of a matter of, uh, you know, doing a little bit of scraping and finding what's, what's going on. It's kind of exciting, too, in a way. The schedule kind of looks different, too, this year. You know, uh, semifinalists are going to turn around and play in the finals pretty quick. It looks like. Yeah, and uh, they're uh, they're spreading the games out throughout the week a little bit more, starting at nine o'clock and finishing probably around ten thirty or eleven most nights, just because just so they can clean out the well, uh, get get the uh, the public out and then clean the arena and then get them back in for the next game. So there's going to be two hours instead of an hour forty five between each game. I remember last year about this time, the the girls' union was like, whew, we made it. And then the boys, yeah. they got kind of caught in the middle of everything, you know, and that was the same time yeah. the conference tournaments were going on, that they were dropping left and right, and everyone knows how that story finishes somewhat. And, uh, you know, hopefully this year, you know, I think those precautions and protocols are going to be uh, – I think we're going to have a full tournament, barring some catastrophe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, it, it's very possible that somebody will have a COVID test and that team will have to sit out and that, you know, the other team will move on. But I, I certainly think that uh, we'll be seeing championship games on Friday and Saturday. You not only have teams in 2A, I know you have some in 1A. Who else uh, are you guys following this week as, you know, there's more than just two classes out of the state tournament? Yeah, uh, we've got seven area teams in, in the tournament. Uh, we've got Iowa City West in 5A, and they'll have a, a really tough challenge against Waterloo West in, in a 5A uh, quarterfinal on Monday, but uh, definitely looking forward to that game. Uh, we got shut out in 4A. Uh, 3A, we've got Wakan. Uh, 2A, the three I mentioned to you earlier. And then uh, 1A, we've got Springville and Montezuma. Springville, Montezuma. Uh, West, you know, you talk. We've already talked Cadillac programs. I mean, those are names of of staple programs, you know. And um, do you do you ever are you ever able to the best you can? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a game that you're not covering, but I mean, do you get caught up in all the hoopla, you know, the the pageantry and the specialness of a state tournament? I mean, is there moments that you kind of pick out and are like, man, this is really cool. Yeah, um, it, it's always kind of a goosebump thing when uh, when it's Friday night, it's championship night, and the, the uh, drill team is doing their, you know, their the, uh, performing to the national anthem and and all that. That that's always kind of neat. And uh, you know, just uh, when you get down the stretch and you've got an area team playing for a championship or in a semifinal game, that's that's always kind of special. You know, you've kind of gotten to gotten to know the coaches and gotten to know the kids throughout the, the week or throughout the year and 
uh, to see them play for, you know, something really important at the end of the week is always a lot of fun. Jeff, thanks for coming on the podcast this afternoon. Our listeners are going to appreciate hearing from you. Uh, you're uh, well-known uh, across the state. <laughs> if they don't know how to get get uh, follow your work, how can they do that next week at the state tournament and beyond? Uh, well, they can follow me on Twitter at JT Linder, uh, at JT Linder, and uh, that's probably the, the easiest way to find me. So, But uh, certainly welcome all followers and, and uh, just about any comments. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Good luck out there. Have a good time. We'll catch you later. All right. Thank you. Back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Nottaway Valley girls basketball coach Brian Eisbach. Coach, welcome on the podcast. Thanks, sir. Good to be with you. We have a regional champion to add to your conference champion and undefeated season. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good. We're uh, pretty excited to be where we're at and to uh, still have our season alive and, and uh, obviously. Uh, Still hopeful that our uh, highlight of our season is yet to uh, be experienced by our squad. Coach, you guys have uh, advanced to the state tournament for the first time in Nottoway Valley history, um, winning over AHSTW um, last week in the regional final at Atlantic. And, you know, I've seen many pictures come out of that. I've, I've, uh, heard interviews you had on uh, radio and stuff and just the um, interwovenness of community in what I saw was really, really something to behold. It was, it was crazy. Um, we, uh, my son uh, and I went out to the concession stand, um, which was not opened yet. This was about, I, the doors opened at six. And uh, we were out at the concession stand, and there was a few people in line in front of us. And the lady uh, that was trying to get the table set up and stuff turned to one of the other people that was helping her work and said, "I we didn't expect this many people so early. Like, they were expecting, like, they were just do a you know, soft open and just kind of hang out and wait until closer to game time before they had to start serving popcorn and stuff. And um, the girls came out for warm-ups, and it was the entire side of the – Bleachers, our side of the gym was completely packed with Nottoway Valley fans, and we had the side of the gym that had the upper balcony that was open, and that was full too. And um, fans were singing along with the, the pregame music, and it was it was pretty exciting. And then we got back to town, and a bunch of our local law enforcement and first responders all lit up their lights and blared their sirens, and people were waiting for us when we got back to town on the square and a fairway, and then we got back to the school. So it was uh, a really special night for our kids and, and for our community. This was a game that you guys had not reached yet. You guys uh, got over that hump with a victory um, over South Central Calhoun, and you guys kind of punched them in the mouth. Um, that's definitely fair to say. Maybe a stronger word would be needed, but... Uh, a nine nothing run to right out of the shoot. 
at one point. I think it was 17 to two, give or take, maybe 17 to four. You guys settled in at 22 to four after the first quarter, and there was it was it was kind of over at that point. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, we had. Uh, and it wasn't the exact same team last year, but we, we our season was ended last year, as, as you and I have talked about uh, before this, uh, by HSTW. And we did not play a very clean game. Uh, beat ourselves in a lot of ways and had taken a, I don't know, 15, 16-point deficit and got it to within one uh, early in the fourth quarter and then ended up losing by five. And we have three seniors that um, really, really want to keep the music going. And... Um, and it's not just them, but I mean, that's kind of where it starts. As an example, we, uh, we get out early on Wednesdays, uh, the two hour early dismissal and the seniors all got together with the players and said, you know what? Nobody's going home after school. We're not going to go home, lay on the couch and do nothing. We're going to stay in the commons area and as a team and do homework and watch film and look at our game plan. And, uh, Amy, our assistant coach had fairway, uh, got fairway to donate a bunch of fruit and, they had water and just kind of hung out. And Amy and I got to the gym about 345 for our walkthrough and, and uh, shoot around. And I don't think I've ever seen this group more focused and excited. I mean, not not focused and, like, nervous. or I mean, it was just girls were, were singing and and uh, to the music we had on and, and just, you know, but at the same time ready to go. And we came out guns a-blazing and, um, there was no, there was never a doubt after the tip, you know, that we, uh, that we had it in hand and, you know, hats off to our kids. They, they, they wanted it bad and, and it showed. All due respect, coach. There wasn't an opening tip. There was a, uh, interesting, <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. score thing that provided a technical foul. And it was fun to see that because you don't see that, that out. Yeah. But I, not, sorry, I, I joke a little, but, um, you know, I remember in an earlier podcast, you told told uh, the listeners and myself that, you know, you had to explain, you know, what ran the, run the table meant and stuff. And to not have to maybe explain what they needed to do to get ready for a big game, I would think that would be uh, uh, one of those highlights as well as, you know, a win to get to state that you would put on a, a trophy case or, or a proverbial trophy case sort of situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys led 31 to 11 at halftime and outscored them 24 to 22 in the second half. 55 33 was the final score. And one thing I enjoyed was, you know, you danced with who brought you there. And the seniors got to experience that last horn and stuff. And their teammates were out there faster than uh, uh, trying to get out of a fire uh, in a house or something. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in my third year and obviously this was the first uh, regional final um, I've made to, I've made it to as a coach. And I, I know Nottaway Valley has been to a regional final or two in the past, but obviously had, had never, had never won at that level. And I took the three seniors out thinking I'm going to get them a standing ovation uh, with about a minute and a half left, minute 20, minute 10, something like that. And, and the seniors all stood there and looked at me like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, what's wrong? And they're like, well, we'd kind of like to finish the game on the floor. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so then I had to explain to the other kids that, you know what, it, it, you know, we, we, we would love to get you in. But at this point, out of respect for everything that these seniors have meant to this program and, and to our team um, and to the kids that obviously didn't get to go in the, in the game. And, of course, 
in pure uh, in pure fashion uh, of how our team operates. They uh, they completely understood and and like you said, they wasted no time getting out there. And Amy and I just we literally just kind of put our arms around each other and just kind of backed away and let them celebrate for a while before we went and joined them. Max Savola, twenty three. Lindsey Davis was sixteen. Lexi Scheich with seven. Corinne had a big night on the board. She did. Yes, she did. And, and you know, Kaylee Jones, um, their whole senior class, they had three, four, four senior starters, um, all very, very good at their role. And and all four had a big part in their, their win against us last year. And Kaylee Jones had a, a very good career. Um, and she was, you know, she was one of their, their top three scorers, their leading scorer. And, Corinne uh, was was responsible. Lexi guarded her, and Corinne was responsible for basically providing help and, and clogging up the lane. And, and uh, she did a fantastic job. She had eighteen, I think, eighteen or nineteen rebounds, and we held uh, um, an all district player to, to seven points, eleven points under her average. And uh, and to be honest with you, Corinne made it look easy. And and that's the thing we're gonna continue to build on as we hopefully make our run here is, you know, if, if we ever, if we, everybody stays focused on what their job is and what their role is and, and we all go hard and leave it all out there, you know, we got a fight, a fighting chance. Macy Coons, five rebounds, seven assists. And, uh, those are numbers. And, uh, from what I saw, you know, that's what fans and, uh, the fan base probably should remember her as, you know, she, that's, that's a Macy Coons game, right? What we saw. <laughs> Absolutely. She's, she, she is the utter definition of grit. Um, I've said it a thousand times. She's our emotional leader. Um, you know, and, and as a guard and as, as a player that has the ball in her hands quite often, um, with the way on our style, the way we play in our style of play, um, you know, we're going to get turnovers. We're going to, you know, we, we, we have a lot of turnovers per game compared to probably compared to the rest of the field at the state tournament. But it kind of comes with our style of play. And, and for every mistake Macy makes on the floor, I mean, she makes up for it tenfold, um, not just not just with stats, but with what she brings to the table for this team. And uh, Lexi's the same way. I mean, Lexi is, um, you know, she's hard to guard. She's top three, I think, in the state in rebounding, and she stands five foot six, um, which is an error on quick stats. I think she should be listed as five six. I think we got her at five eight. Um, you know, she's one of those kids that just she's really good at rebounding. She washes it off the rim. Um, she's really good <clears throat> excuse me, good at judging angles and, and uh, she does everything she can to get the rebound. And then that night it was Corinne that had the most rebounds, but they both did a really good job. And you know, like you mentioned Maddox and, and Lindsay. Um, you know, they uh, they they tried to face guard Maddox, um, you know, which you know, she, she's hard to guard. Um, half court, full court, it doesn't matter. And she did a really good job of taking advantage of the overplay. We got her on the back door a few times for some easy buckets. And Lindsay had some really big, really big passes and some good stops on defense as well. And put up, what did you say, 16, I think. And, yeah. You know, I, that's, a, that's the thing. I mean, our momentum, obviously, we're in a really good place. At the same time, um, at the same time, we're really, really trying to focus on the fact that, and we talked about it after the game when we got back to Greenfield that night after we cut down the net in our home gym. Um, it, this may never happen ever again. It took us, uh, actually, a, a buddy of mine's uh, mother-in-law, uh, uh, my, 
somebody loves wife, a good friend of my family's sent me a text the next morning and said that her mom told her that, uh, basketball girls, basketball started in Greenfield in 1971. So, I mean, 50 years of, of girls basketball in Greenfield. And I know Fontenelle Bridgewater had Bridgewater Fontenelle had a team that went, I think in the fifties or sixties. It may never happen again. It may happen next year. It may never happen again. I may never see it again. I can coach another 20 years and never get there. So enjoy it. I mean, actually take some time and appreciate, look back on our season, all the good, all the bad. And, uh, and you know, that's the thing. Like we want to go and we want to play well and, and, and do us and all those things and make it on to the next round. But at the same time, like, you know, appreciate where we're at. You guys had a good reception coming home, like you said, and it's kind of, kind of neat that you guys went through the school district in a way, you know, I mean, highway 92 goes uh, right over that way. And you guys came through Bridgewater and Fontenelle and uh, listeners that should know by now, but if they don't, that's the uh, towns of Nahway Valley along with Greenfield. And it kind of built up to the courthouse. Uh, um, I tell you what, you know, I haven't been here long, but you know, there's some, there's a tear or two coming, coming in my eye, you know, just to have that. And, you know, the girls having that experience and the coaches and the community to kind of give them that proverbial hug. Then you guys cut the nets down and, uh, coach, I have to know, did you, uh, have to explain what was going on there? Um, I don't know what I heard. Oh yeah, I did. Um, and, and they didn't do it the right way, but it, didn't they, uh, it was a really cool moment. And we had, you know, our, all of our players to start with the seniors. And, you know, I told them once you cut it off, you know, you put your hand up in the air and kind of hold it up with a big smile on your face because everybody's going to be taking a picture. And, oh, my goodness, did they ever. But, you know, something I did also touch on after we got done with that little celebration was um, – I joked and told him maybe we should let all of you take the, the banner home for a night each like they used to in the cup. But the thing that was really cool that I felt was really cool with, with the outpouring of support that we had coming back. I mean, it was a Wednesday night. It wasn't super cold. It wasn't like it was a week or two ago. But, you know, it's a Wednesday night and, and it's still winter and it's, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock and, and we're pulling back into town. And I told the kids, you know, people don't generally come out of their house at night to wave and take pictures and videos with their cell phones and honk their horns and go nuts for a bunch of jerks. And not only are we, you know, we made it to state where I'll say it, we're a good team, but our kids are really good kids. And I think that's something that really drives and makes it, you know, if you've got a guy or a gal or whatever family, um, should we go to the game tonight or should we not? I think most people are, make that decision, that decision is made easier for them because they know we have really, really top to bottom managers all the way up to our senior players, starters, varsity, varsity, or JV, it doesn't matter. They're all really good kids that are really involved in the community, not just in basketball, not just in sports. And, and we've got a, you know, we're a small town, a lot of small town pride. And, and I think, uh, you know, another thing I told the kids was, you know, they've given a lot of, almost a shot in the arm, if you will, to this community. And like you said, there's three of them. It's Bridgewater, Fontenelle, and Greenfield. I would be willing to bet that was probably one of the bigger crowds uh, Wednesday night that we've ever seen at a girls' basketball game here. And uh, coming back into town and seeing all that support, the girls thought it was amazing. I mean, the windows on the bus were down because they're all fogged up so that they can see out the window. And then Roger, our bus driver, who does a fantastic job, um, decided that, you know, he talked to the guys that were leading us through town and so let's go the wrong way around the square. Um, <laughs> that was pretty neat because, you know, it's one way. And yeah. We went the opposite way, and everybody's out waving and 
honking their horns. And yeah, it was, it was a really special uh, experience for our kids. One I think I will never, ever forget. At some point you guys have to turn your attention to your next opponent and the state tournament. And that has been done. And how have things been going in the lead up here? You guys had some practice, uh, the first round opponents, North Lynn out of the tri rivers conference. You bet. And so we drew the nine o'clock Tuesday game and 9 PM and, uh, which is past my bedtime technically, but I'll, uh, I'll make that into <laughs> the guy Coke or something. Get me through it. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we, uh, we practiced last night at nine o'clock, um, on a Friday because Amy and I discussed it and felt, you know, let's, let's give them that experience. Um, although we're in our home gym, but, you know, getting through a whole day, um, of school and going home. And then, you know, uh, we came back and we watched film. We have, uh, the state obviously uh, requires the coaches to share film from the last two games, the, the final and the semifinal of the region. And so we did. We watched their game versus, uh, Bellevue and we watched part of their game versus, uh, Columbus. Uh, Catholic, and you know, and if I say a player's name wrong or a team's name wrong, I apologize. But that's to us, that's the other side of the world, um, so to speak. But uh, we're in a good place. I mean, our kids are very confident, and we have discussed it. You know, um, we're not just going to uh, collect our participation trophy. You know, we're going to give it everything we have, and win or lose, we don't want to leave anything on the floor. Um, you're going to kick out of this as a movie buff yourself. We uh, we actually had them sit down. Uh, before we started watching the film and we watched uh, the clip from Hoosiers where they walk into the gym for the first time off the bus and uh, Gene Hackman gets his uh, tape measure out and the kids were like, what the heck is this? I mean, it's not black and white, but it might as well have been. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just explain to them like, you know, there's a lot of things to take into consideration at the well. It's it's a longer floor. There's no backdrop behind the, the hoops that you're used, like you're used to. And, and uh, at the same time, it's their 10 foot hoops and, we're a good team. Let's just go get it heck. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. You guys have um, one of eight teams, part of the elite eights. You'll maybe next week you'll get to explain what me and the final four means. I'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Um, what are some of the keys to the game? You know, not um, you, when you look at the field in general, it's kind of interesting. You know, you have some Cadillac programs over the years. Uh, Trainer, I believe, is making their 17th trip or something. Um, Grundy Center was a, a state champion in 2005. North Lynn was a state champion last year. Um, Rock Valley won a couple state titles in the early 2000s. So, like, you know, you have – programs you know and yeah. um mac valley you know the top five ranked teams are in the field uh you have uh, cinderella stories you know i mean you yourself have called you you guys a cinderella story in a way um i respectfully would disagree but that's how it goes um you know um so yeah what are some of the keys as you look ahead here so obviously we don't know everything about them, but we know enough to know that uh, they're very deadly from outside. They can they can shoot the ball extremely well. Um, and it's funny I I, uh, I know I talk too much, but um, I took our daughter Izzy to her AAU practice up in Milwaukee Thursday night, and I called Amy. You know, and this is our first trip to state as coaches, um, and it's our first trip to state as a school, obviously for girls basketball. We try to be pretty attentive, you know, attention to detail, detail oriented. And I, I literally hadn't had a chance to watch any film yet because um, Thursday was a crazy day. You know, I'm getting calls from the AD, 
Uh, my wife is working from home, and we were, of course, she was helping trying to get hotel rooms set up if, if that's what we were going to do. And um, as we're just working through all the stuff, all the while I'm, you know, I'm, I have a job and I'm trying to keep that job. So we, uh, I call Amy like six thirty Thursday evening, and I'm freaking out. Like I haven't watched film yet. You know, it's coming. We got to get ready and. You know, she, uh, she does a really good job of bringing me down to earth sometimes. And she said, coach, we just got to do us. And, and, and honestly, I don't, it doesn't matter who we play. And the cool thing is, um, I've told people all along that if, if we play our game and we play hard and we don't come out and, and get caught up in the fact that we're, oh my goodness, we're actually at the well and we're actually at the state tournament. If we, if we don't come out, I'll Google guy and freak out. I, I really would put this team up against anybody in the state of Iowa. And here we are getting that opportunity. You know, we're, we're in a field of eight with the other, the seven best team, the other seven best teams in 2A. Um, our keys are going to be obviously to take advantage of our athleticism, our speed. Um, we're going to have to box out. We're going to have to execute, um, full court and half court. We're going to have to play good defense. Um, you know, if, if you look at our total body of work, we have some quality wins that we were able to do those things in. And so, I mean, if, uh, you know, if we show up and do us, I mean, we'll uh, we'll have a chance for sure. I think, and obviously they are the repeating state or the you know, defending state champions. And um, I agree with your coach. And obviously, they lost a ton of really good players to graduation. So they're not the same team per se. But when you're part of a program, I think I read something. He has Coach Wheatley has uh, 20 wins, 10 years in a row. Coach of the year last year, um, and, and obviously they just added some more firepower on their on their bench too. So. Looking forward to the opportunity. Um, looking forward to uh, to seeing our kids get the chance to to do something that we've talked about for three years, and here we are. We've uh, we've gotten there. We just you know we don't want to be caught up in. Hey, we finally did it. Let's actually do something with it. Coach, you've made the community proud, the school proud, and Western Iowa, Southwest Iowa here proud. Good luck this week. Go get them. I appreciate it, buddy. I do. Thanks for all you do for all your coverage and. Uh, I'll say it again, World Rings by a Million. Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Damon Helgevold from the Creston area, the Creston radio station KSIB. Damon, welcome on the podcast. Hey Ryan, thanks for having me on. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fun times around these uh, these parts these days, but uh, certainly certainly enjoy your podcast and certainly enjoy coming on with you today. It's exciting time of year. You know, a special time of year, and we're going to get into why you're on the podcast today here pretty soon. But you know, for people that don't listen um, to Creston area, you know, I have a unique situation. Uh, I'm going to be moving to the area here uh, after the school year. Um, I kind of started picking up, uh, you know, markers and stuff. So you know, I've listened to your radio station a few times. It's kind of nice that you guys have a country and a and uh, kind of '80s retro thing going on, and uh, I'm sorry, I, man. I hope I'm not stealing your thunder, but why don't you tell our listeners about yourself? Well, 
appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we do, uh, KSIB here in Creston. We, uh, we got two stations, uh, actually just added an, a- an FM transmitter to our AM station, uh, last January. And uh, ever since then, we've taken off with two separate stations. One uh, is closer to home. That's cool. 102. It ranges. Oh, I get it a little bit up to I-80, but that kind of depends on the day. And then our big station that uh, uh, has been the, the stalemate since 1946. We're coming up on 75 years um, with this station. Uh, this next this next year, we'll be at uh, 75 years with the station. And um, so we're having a big big deal deal with that but uh, uh personally i'm actually from osceola uh which is 33 miles to the east of creston uh, originally from there born raised and i uh, went to school there i still live in osceola actually as well but uh, um yeah i graduated from clark high school got into broadcasting up at waldorf university in forest city and then uh, one thing led to another did some internships with uh with chad reek the owner at ksib and uh now I'm here in, in year number four. I'll actually be starting year number five as the sports director in May. So time flies fast. We're having a lot of fun. And, and uh, this area, you know, knowing a lot of the coaches from my playing days uh, made it a lot easier of a transition than you one, one might think. Sounds like a really cool spot to be in, really. Um, yeah. I, I kind of picked up some of uh, your broadcasts, you know, trying to learn the geographical location and stuff of Greenfield and that area where we're going to be. And, you know, kind of started tuning in to your, when Greenfield, uh, when Not Away Valley was on. And lo and behold, you were the guy. So um, yeah. kind of interesting uh, that uh, I'm sure you have an appreciation for a small town sort of thing. Uh, you know, Clark uh, of Osceola is the school district. And, uh, you know, I my wife and I lived in Oskaloosa for a while. And, uh yeah, that whole area is, you know, the people often say, you know, south of 80, there's not much athletically and um, as far as schools and stuff. And I think that's kind of a, uh, an ignorant statement, kind of, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of programs mm-hmm. and uh, things south of 80 that uh, people miss when they think that way. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, south of 80. Uh, generally, yeah, we, we've gotten a bad rep sometimes, uh, down south of 80 here. Really that, that southwest corridor south of 80 and west of 35 doesn't get, uh, doesn't get much love from some of the other portions of the state. But, um, you know, down in this area, it's starting to, starting to grow a different way. We're starting to get a lot of different athletes coming out of here and starting to get some great players, all different sports, basketball, baseball, softball, football. Uh, you name it, we're, we're starting to put more athletes out there. And I, I think, uh, right, that statement, like you said, that, that they don't put out much in, uh, in South of 80, I think that's gonna, gonna turn the corner here eventually. And, and I think right now is, is the perfect time for that. You know, you mentioned the small schools, uh, going to a small school myself. Uh, both of my uh, parents were educators or are educators. And uh, actually the first school my dad taught at was Nottoway Valley. So, uh, I've had a lot of close ties. With, with Nottoway Valley in the Greenfield area since then, uh, a few years ago when he got into teaching after, um, after retiring from the National Guard. So, you know, it, it's cool that you see these small schools do well and then have a little bit of invested interest into it and it makes it just that much more, um, more enjoyable, um, each and every time out. Then you add in this girls state basketball tournament and that's another, uh, 
opportunity to, uh, you know, it's history woven into uh, present day. And, you know, we're having you on here to talk Nottoway Valley's uh, run to state, first state trip as Nottoway Valley. And, you know, they had a nice uh, return escort from Atlantic, their site of the regional final victory uh, earlier this week. And, you know, just those moments to to have uh, reinforced, it's like, those are our girls or those are our, our kids, you know. It's a small town hug in a way to uh, to their teams. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I think, you know, looking back at some of the pictures, some of the videos, some of, uh, well, to be completely honest with you, it was well before the game even was played. Um, myself, as well as Brennan Norman, who works for the Creston News Advertiser with us uh, here in Creston, and uh, we drove together up to the ball game, and, and we got there at 5.30. I remember pulling into Atlantic at 5.30, and already, Ryan, there was 25 cars from Adair County in the parking lot waiting to get in at 5.30. They opened the doors at 6, and all of a sudden there's just a purple and white flow coming through the door constantly, all the way up until tip-off, and I think the ball even was in the air, and there were still people trying to find seats. Um, but I remember going down to the floor, and it was like 6.07, and I'm looking up at the stands. I was talking with Coach Icebox, actually, and was looking up at the stands, and I was like, this is insane. We're still an hour away from tip-off. And the place was full already. It was so cool to see and those small communities coming together to to welcome the kids home after they do the the thing that they did on on Wednesday and winning that ball game and going to the state tournament for the first time. It, it's so cool to have that that atmosphere. And, and I don't know. I don't think you can put into words how how awesome uh, small town Southwest Iowa is. And. You know, I don't think it was an accident that they went through the other communities of the school district, you know, Fontenelle and Bridgewater, not in that order, obviously, but, you know, going kind of a build-up back home to Greenfield. And, you know, it's so fitting that, you know, back in late October, early November, there was talk, at least on this side of the state, that there may not even be basketball, you know, or, or mm-hmm. maybe they'll wait and have it after Christmas. You know, there was that talk of, okay, we're going to get to Thanksgiving, then we're going to shut school down to let everyone go home, and then after after Christmas, everyone will come back and we'll be good. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, get to this point You're, with that many games yeah. is amazing to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, you know, um, being, being around sports every day, 24-7, um, you know, you, you get different different opinions, you hear different things, and that was the biggest one was, are we going to have a season this year? Are we going to play? You know, we had made it through baseball and softball, but that kind of could, could happen because it's outdoors, and we can space people out a little bit better there. Then you get through football season, okay, again, outdoors, you're able to space people out. Volleyball was a little bit hit or miss here or there, um, but they limited the crowds. And then basketball rolled around, and it just for some reason to me felt that there was something different about to happen. You did know, um, like you said, November rolls in, and, and there's questions of even having a season. Uh, they talked about waiting till after Christmas. I personally, I'll be, be blatantly honest with you, Ryan, I did not think we were going to even make it to Christmas when we started. I said, Thanksgiving comes in, we're already a week into the season. When Thanksgiving comes in and kids come back from Thanksgiving break, the season's going to be done. We're going to have too many teams out. And, and I think these, the, so 
to get past Thanksgiving, to get past the holidays, um, and to get to this point here in February, you know, we're talking on, on February 26th here and getting to this point, talking about the girls' state basketball tournament, you know, three, four months ago, this conversation I don't think I was going to have. And so now to be here, this is awesome uh, to get here and to have this opportunity for these kids. Um, you know, they were robbed of a track season and, and a limited softball season and then volleyball and cross country. And so to get to this point just shows um, what what these kids had to endure throughout the year. And they were able to battle through it and, and give them credit. You know, the coaches preparing for this season even, you know, they're going through that same thing too. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, do we, how do we prepare for the unknown, you know? And that kind of transitioned into we have an unknown foe every single day yeah. that's with us, yeah. but we're not I, necessarily fighting physically. That's just it. That's just it too is the fact that, you know, we're, we're trying to, to battle through it as – as coaches as well. So I coach freshman basketball here in Osceola. So I get pretty busy during, uh, during the winter time. So, you know, on top of doing the radio side of things and coaching makes it in there, it makes it a, a really difficult because you're just like, okay, you're hearing one thing and then all of a sudden now you're trying to prepare as well. And so the, the, the coaching side of it, I think helps me out more on the radio than vice versa, honestly, just because, um, because you kind of see some of what the other schools are doing that you go to, and you can be like, okay, this is how we can kind of mitigate some different things, and, and it works out pretty well. This season, uh, you know, to the outside untrained eye, uh, you know, people over this side of the state or north or south or whatever, you know, they're seeing Nottoway Valley as, oh, first-time trip, good for them. You know, I mean, not in a mean way, but just, hey, Great for them. You know, that's awesome. First time. But and then maybe they slip into the, the trap of, you know, maybe they're just a one-year deal. You know, maybe they are a you know, flash-in-the-pan sort of thing. But, you know, you can make a strong argument against that. Oh, for sure you can make a strong argument against that. I think um, I think if anybody has looks back on the last three seasons this year, last year and the previous year. So in Coach Brian Icebox's uh, tenure, if you look back in the in the past three years, you're going to see that that statement of a flash in the pan kind of thing is not necessarily true. This is a team that went eleven and ten in Coach Icebox's first year with a freshman leading scorer and a group of, of sophomores who really were talented but were, were kind of the undershadow, understudy to the seniors at that time who really helped build the program in the right direction. Then you look the next year and they go all of a sudden they have two losses in the regular season and they're 20 and two going into the, into the uh, regional semifinal. And then you get in that, that game and all of a sudden it's like the nerves just go from one end to another. And I think once they battled off those nerves in that regional semi last year, they played extremely well. And, and unfortunately for Nottoway Valley against AHSTW last year in that regional semifinal, the nerves were just a little bit too much early on and missed some shots, couldn't rebound early. And then the second half, they were trying to claw back into it, just could never, never get back into it. And I say, I think you see those two years combined into what they did this year. It might have been a different group than the last couple of years, 
But you put that into this year's group, and you see the last two years all coming together. And, and Wednesday night was the culmination of a great program with a great leader, with a great group of seniors, with a great history in the last couple of years to just get to the state tournament, to get over that hump. And it was more or less a, a sigh of relief for, for them down here. And, and in this area, it was like a sigh of relief. You know, you, you're outside of the area, you think it's a flash in the pan, but down here, it's like, okay, they finally did it. And now, now they can take a sigh of relief and, and get ready for that state tournament run. And really from here on out, it, it's all icing on the cake for them. Um, this is an awesome year for this team. It's an awesome group. There's so much fun to be around. And, and I think all those things together is what's made them so successful this year. You know, I've had Coach Eisbach on the podcast uh, most of this year. And, you know, it's been kind of fun to um, follow it from afar. And I know that there are some big games this year that um, came out of conference. And just how you know, what a gift that is in a way, because you can't, you can only play who's on your schedule. And you can have a little control with non-conference. Um, this year, you know, you had games at Atlantic, you had Clark at home, uh, that got, um, sorry, at home. Um, you guys went to Panorama, um, ACGC, that's in the northernish part of the county, and maybe... Uh, sort of, I guess. I'm still sorry. I'm learning you, Jeff. Yeah, no, you're perfect. That's exactly it. They're in the. Uh, they're actually in the northwest portion of uh, of Adair County. And you know, I know those were important mar- markers to this season. Um, you know, Panorama was ranked. Atlantic was a really big one before Christmas with a larger school. And you know, you guys were ranked the whole year. And I might be wrong, and I'm sorry to listeners if I am, but I want to say you guys were ranked in the top five all year, if I remember right. Yeah, top five all year. Uh, actually, I think might have even slipped to six early on in the rankings. Uh, one of those very first first rankings that came out, I think sixth was, was where they sat, and then a couple of losses from some teams ahead, plus a couple of big wins, like you mentioned, the, the Atlantic win before Christmas break was huge. They jumped up into the top five. So, yeah, they, they've been in the top five all year. Uh, it's been a fun run to watch them in the, in the top five, too, because they just continue to climb and, and play uh, at that top level and, and compare to some of those top five teams. You guys uh, had a dandy of a game uh, uh, from our side of the things. I'm sure Coach Eisbach and the girls, you know, maybe <laughs> had a different one, but, you know, the Lennox game. At Lennox, you guys got a hard-fought victory, and uh, details run together. And I thought that was the the night you guys clinched. I might be wrong. Yeah. Yep. So they 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 clinched uh, the week before against Mount Air um, in their home game with Mount Air, uh, but that. That Lennox game was was one to basically go undefeated in and stay undefeated in conference play and uh, yeah it was a, it was a nail biter that's for sure. Let's talk about the run to state here. You guys had three victories in three contests. East Sac County was first up at home on the 16th. They won 64 to 33, and you know sometimes just getting that first game that was a. Uh, quite a break between the Lennox game and the Eastside County game. Um, I wish the state would do that differently Some sometimes just because, you know, I think it's a disservice to teams sometimes. I know that 
teams have control over some of that, but 11 days between games is a lot, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, a long time in between games. And, you know, as a as a coach or even as, as a broadcaster on the outside looking in, you know, you're like, okay, 11 days. How do you go about preparing for tournament and a playoff, nonetheless, in 11 days? When you've got that much time, 11 days off, how do you go about simulating game speed and simulating, you know, game day routine. It, it, it just doesn't happen. Competition does that for you. And I think, you know, that that's kind of what uh, um, what I think Coach Icebach would, would agree is looking to find a way to play something in those 11 days. Unfortunately, they just didn't have that opportunity by the way the schedule was set up. Max Duvall had 37, Lexi Scheich 14 and 12 for a double-double. Wendy Davis with five and you know, those are names, you know, if you follow the NB Girls Hoops Twitter page, um, there's been a lot of individual uh, success and records fall. But I know uh, they that's great, and they like, I mean, they're not going to turn those away, but that's not the focus. You know, you they, they'd be more happy about the 23-7 first quarter run than how many ever points player A, B, or C gets in the game, I think. Oh, for sure, and I'll tell you this, Ryan. You you talk to any of the girls, any of the five stars, any of any of them on the bench, and they're going to talk about the team. They're going to talk about how we're special together, and how we do all these different things together, and how we go about uh, being being a, a group together. And, and that was very apparent after the East Sac County game. Uh, was very apparent in the next game against South Central Cali and, and all, all throughout this entire season. Um, and to me, as a as a broadcaster who's not with them on a daily basis, but but has seen them a couple of different times, that was very apparent to me in the Panorama game. Uh, I was at the Panorama game. It was a Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, a lot of if you're a high school kid on a Saturday afternoon, the last thing you want to be doing is is uh, you know having to go back to school, quote-unquote, and, and have to go play a game or something like that. And so for that group to come out and do what they did on that Saturday against Panorama really showed me that this was a special team. And then uh, then you saw it in that first-round game against East Stack County. You saw how special they can be. Yes, Maddox had 37 in that game, but you also mentioned it like he had a double-double. And when you can get the rebounds like Flexi Scheich does, she's five six. And she has the leading rebounds on the team, and she's one of the she's one of the leading rebounders in the state. So that just shows you that you don't have to you don't have to have one player, two players do it. They've got everybody doing it, and they've got everybody on the bench uh, cheering for them behind them. The thing I like about this team is that you know they don't have to wait for a six footer to move into the school district, or they don't have to wait for a a foreign exchange kid to come who's a stud ball handler. You know, they have a system and a, a, a team first that, you know, small school districts have good classes and bad go come and go. And I think that's a great equalizer in what they have going on there. Oh, for sure. And, and Coach Icebach will tell you this too, and I'm sure he already has, uh, is the fact that they play positionless basketball, and that's why – you know, you don't have to have a, a six-footer rolling through through town that uh, happens to play for you. That's why 5'6", Lexi Scheich can go and, 
and is the I think I saw her this morning as the third leading rebounder in the state, all classes. That that's unbelievable to have that and and the way that they go about their business, the way that they do it is is unbelievable and um, you know, like you said, they don't have a they don't have to really focus in on one position or hoping that someone with height rolls through town. They they just go about it the way they can and and the way they have all year, and, and that's just with grit, toughness, and effort. Let's talk about South Central Calhoun. This is a second opponent, a new opponent. You know, it's not a conference uh, opponent, and that's one of the things so far uh, that I like. You know, um, over on this side, you know, it seems like the 2A schools are, you know, you know you're going to go through certain places if you get far enough because there's just not a lot of 2A schools, it seems like, in our cluster. Um, you know, Tipton or a 3A school for girls basketball, but 2A for just about everything else, we're always going to go through Assumption because it's just down the road, and that's one of the closest 3A schools here. And it becomes frustrating. So when I see you guys get the opportunity, you know, granted there was um, a couple of conference schools in your bracket, but they were on the bottom half at least, I, I still contend that kids want to see something new because it's just part of that fabric of the tournament. You know, I... I don't know. Maybe I'm weird like that, but you guys. Have- no, I, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. Is you know, for the longest time, that wasn't the case. This is actually a really new bracket uh, for Nottaway Valley this year, Ryan. And the fact that uh, last year, I believe they played um, they played AHSCW in the semifinals, and I think they had to play Mount Air, or no, they had to play uh, a conference opponent in the first round to get to the semifinals, and in the semifinal bracket, it was Logan Magnolia versus Mount Air and AHSTW versus um, Nottoway Valley, and so there are two conferences that played each other, and Nottoway Valley had played AHSTW in the the regular season, and then obviously Mount Air had played uh, Nottoway Valley as well in the regular season a couple of times, so this is actually a new bracket. They sent it a little bit further north, made a little bit uh, made a little bit more of a drive this year for for some teams. But uh, I'm like you. I think having that new competition makes it so much easier, and, and I think that is what made this run a little bit more special too. Max Duvall had 21, Lindsey Davis 19, Lexi Scheich nine, and you know I haven't even said anything about Macy Coons or Karen Bond yet. And- I feel bad for not saying something yet. You know, Macy had 10 rebounds and Grant had seven against South Central Calhoun. You know, you got to say something about somebody. You know, I mean, they count everything, just like baseball. You know, I mean, they count everything you do <laughs> in a game. But, you know, exactly. you could go further on down with the bench, you know, and it's just interesting. You know, you guys got a game. And, you know, I think – you know, Coach said that, you know, going through the Lennox game kind of was helpful for this game. Yeah, it, it was. Um, you know, and I think you mentioned it there, how close that ball game was. And you mentioned uh, Corinne Bond. You mentioned Amazie Coons. The, their stats may not jump off the page at you. I'm going to be the first to, to say that, that they don't jump off the page for stats. But it's what they do, the intangibles that they have, um, the fact that they're able to lead and, and lead by example. Corinne's going to go out and get you a, a handful of rebounds, but she's also going to be the same one that steps up and, and is picking somebody up. Macy Coons is a ball of energy. If you ever get the chance to, to watch her play basketball, 
uh, whether it's on film, whether it's this coming week here at State, watch. Just watch 25, and, and she is so much fun to watch get up and down the floor uh, as far as speed. She's quick. She's uh, she's able to, to move the ball and see the floor uh, pretty pretty well for, for her, her stature as well. And, and uh, just the fact that what Macy's been able to do this season has been impressive. Macy, Curran, Lexi, all three seniors have been able to do this season has been amazing. But uh, yeah, that, that Lennox game really prepared them for a tight battle in the postseason. And again, in, in this regional semi, it uh, they needed every minute of it. We'll put it that way. You guys got through that game to advance to the first state uh, regional final, I should say in school history and just making it there for some teams is good enough. But, you know, yeah. the feeling of this season is it's not good enough until we get to the state tournament. And that's what you guys did. This week you guys beat HSTW and, you know, the final score was 55-33. And it was over after the first quarter. You know, it was 22-4. to You guys scored the first nine points. And I think at one point it was – it's definitely double digits most of that first quarter. And, you know, yep. I that was it. You know, I mean, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I'll, I'll put it this way for you. Um, it was really a pretty boring basketball game. And I, and I don't like saying that because of it being a regional final and how uh, big of a deal it is. But it really was. Not only Valley just came out and, and played extremely well early on in this in that game and you know it started off with a couple of technical free throws because of a, a mishap in the book by HSTW and then from there uh, they opened it up on a 9-0 run to start the game gave up their first basket midway through the quarter um, and then from that point on it was I think it got up to 22 to 22 to 4 um, was was it ended up being or 23 to 4 something like that after the first quarter and the ball game was over within the first three minutes. Uh, I mean, it was over in the first three minutes, and and whatever Nottaway Valley wanted to do on defense, they did. Whatever they wanted to do on offense, they did. I mean, there was literally no answer coming from AHSTW. Um, and and give Coach Icebach, Coach Amy, credit what they were able to do with the defensive game plan. Uh, you talked about it with me earlier in the week about wanting to wanting to run a little bit more of a tighter tighter defense into the paint and not allow any dribble drive, not allow the, the shooting in the paint uh, for HSTW. That's where they lived and died by for the majority of the season. And when they did that, um, boy, look out. And, and that's exactly what they were able to do. Uh, didn't allow a basket inside the paint at all uh, in the first quarter. And then from, from that point forward, just really went on a tear, went on a run and, uh, yeah, I, I, like you, I'm really speechless how that regional final went out. But I think it was just getting to that regional final game um, was, was big in its own right. Getting to that point of the season where, you know, we had never been before. And so for them to get there, I think, really helped it out and helped the nerves a little bit. And that's why I think that game was just as, I guess, as, as boring as I said it was at the beginning. It takes to the state tournament this week, this upcoming week. You guys, uh, Nahue Valley, will open against uh, the fourth seed. They'll open against the fifth seed, Northland. That's also their state ranking. Northland beat Hudson 64-50. to 
in the quarterfinals. They beat Waterloo Columbus 70-56 to in the semifinal. And they beat a team from the conference I cover, uh, Bellevue. They were ranked number six. And this, I, I was surprised at the score, to be honest. 54-36 uh, to 36 was the final. Northland won. Um, Bellevue, I think, is a little better than that. I'm not surprised Northland won, but just how they won. And I think it's going to be an interesting game, that first round uh, matchup. Bring your tent, get some coffee. I don't know, it's 9 o'clock start, so that'll be interesting as well. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It is not going to be pleasant for uh, for myself as being a broadcaster, you know, happen to be up at, uh, at 6 a.m. every morning trying to get into the office. And that's kind of what this one's going to end up being like because, You'd be there at 9 o'clock and have to turn around and have everything ready to go for the next morning and, and you know, tip-offs at 9 o'clock, which uh, I can be completely honest. I don't remember a game I've ever covered starting at 9 o'clock. Yeah, I know they've made some changes with COVID. I, um, they'll have some breaks in between there and things like that. But, you know, the Lynx bring in a nine-game win streak. Uh, they're the defending champs. They won last year in Class 2A and, They've had quite a bit of a run here. The uh, They had a set of twin sisters who uh, kind of <laughs> led the charge, and not just that, but volleyball, softball. Um, you know, they were state champs in quite a few things the last few years. You know, they're gone, though, and four of the five starters are gone. And uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting that they made it back. You know, uh, again, I'm not sure the basketball in uh, in the Greenfield and Crescent area, but, you know, sometimes, you know, over here, you know, it's like, okay, who's up next? It's like, what school is going to take their spot? Because that doesn't happen. But, you know, hats off to them for getting this far. And, uh, you know, they have two other conference schools with them at the state tournament. You know, Makoka Valley is a top seed in Class 2A. Springville is in Class 1A, but they made the state as well. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I think it is interesting, and I think, uh, you know, you mentioned the fact of, like, how, how schools, okay, who's the next team, who's the next one up, and really for the longest time down here, especially in the part of Iowa, the conference that Nottoway Valley plays in, uh, it, it was always Central Decatur, always trying to beat Central Decatur. Uh, you've been to the girls' state basketball tournament, you know the history there with CD, but... Uh, um, Nottoway Valley really was the first one here recently to, to really just challenge Central Decatur. And, and they did that last year, um, trying to, trying to challenge them. Uh, and I think that has been kind of the same, the same thing across the state, like you were mentioning, with the fact that, you know, it's always that next, next one up. And, um, here, here's this case for Nottoway Valley. But the thing I, I see with this, being a little bit different is sustained success. Um, Nottoway Valley has got a great seventh and eighth grade class uh, in there right now that they'll continue to build with. Lennox, we mentioned a couple of times, another school in the Pride of Iowa. They finished in a regional final. They fell uh, 10 points shy of advancing the state themselves, and they've got a great seventh and eighth grade class coming in. Uh, so, so basketball in this area um, – I don't think you're going to hear the last of Nottoway Valley at state um, in the coming years, and I think you're going to start hearing Lennox back in the state picture 
in the coming years. Uh, Winterset is another school that we cover down here at KSIB, and uh, they're they're a really young talent. You know, uh, if you followed their softball story this year, um, it, it was a pretty remarkable deal, led by a freshman with a batting average over 500, and every player coming back off of a state championship team as a seven seed last year. So. In this area, you're going to start hearing teams. You're going to start hearing more, and I think uh, I think you're going to start seeing more sustained success in the coming years. As you look at the North Lynn game, what do you think some of the keys are for Nottoway Valley? You know, they obviously have a shorter trip to North Lynn. Um, I'm guessing it's two and a half hours, give or take, because it's three hours from Tipton to Greenfield, and not and North Lynn's a little bit further uh, west than here. But it's still at least a two-hour drive, and I don't know. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of fans there, and it's going to be one of those things where um, the start may be the key to the game. I agree absolutely 100%. Um, the start of this game is going to be key. I think whoever can can get into their offense the best early, can get their defensive sets the best early. Um, to be completely honest with you, Ryan, I haven't watched a lot of North film game, uh, North Wind uh, film yet. Uh, some of our game takes I've tried to watch a little bit here uh, just in preparation for my own broadcast. But uh, – from, from what I have seen, both teams are, are pretty similar in, in attack. And I think Nottoway Valley, though, um, and I wrote this in my preview article for the, the regional uh, regional finals, they don't do anything fancy. Nottoway Valley doesn't do anything fancy. Everyone wants to, to talk about, well, they, they do this, they do that. It's just fundamentals. It really is. And, and I think in today's day and age, fundamentals get lost. And, and I think... Uh, Coach Icebach, uh, Coach Sivage have really brought the fundamentals, but they bring the fundamentals at a fast pace. Um, they, they play fast. Not only value, everything they want to do is fast. They want to play fast. They want to score fast. They want to get the ball out of bounds fast. They want to get onto the floor fast. I mean, it, it's it, everything that they do is fast, and it's all fundamentals that they do. And I think you're right. I think the start of this game, if not only Valley comes out, starts fast, starts the way that they have started uh, against BSAC County and against uh, against AHSTW in the regional final. Uh, I, I really like our chances in this basketball game early on. Now it's just sustaining that for four quarters of play um, and, and continuing to go. There, it's going to be a big game. There's going to be a lot of bright lights, a lot of uh, a lot of things that you know have never been around for for these girls. In uh, Greenfield, Bridgewater, Fontenelle area, it's a whole different deal than than coming from uh, coming from those gyms that we play in down here in Southwest Iowa. But I think they're prepared for it, and I think, like you said, fast out of the gate, uh, the, the start of this game is going to be key. Damon, thanks for coming on the podcast this afternoon. I uh, would be remiss if I didn't. Uh, have you uh, give yourself a plug here uh, tell our listeners how they can uh, follow you next week um, you know everyone likes to consume as lot as much information as they can at this point you know uh, especially when it comes to, to the 2A field and and what I mean you're looking for for uh, stories and uh, whatnot but you know your your broadcast is and things like that Absolutely. I uh, really appreciate you having me on today, Ryan. And, and you can find everything 
uh, on KSIBRadio.com. We're going to have some different uh, preview stories, some different featured stories coming up on KSIBRadio.com slash sports here in the coming days. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the seniors and what the senior class has done and, and talk about Coach Icebach and then some different things there uh, coming up uh, on, on Monday. And then uh, preview the game itself, kind of like we've been able to do here. We're going to preview the game itself on Tuesday, getting prepared for that 9 o'clock tip-off. And uh, we'll have... Uh, We'll have our pregame show around 8.30 is when we're going to start our pregame show. We'll talk to Coach Brian Eisbach at that time. Uh, and then you can uh, tune in for the tip-off at 9 o'clock. Uh, you tune in on 101.3 FM down here in the uh, southwest uh, Iowa area. Or you can uh, stream us on KSIBRadio.com and our free KSIB Radio app. Um, and then and just follow along on our Twitter, our social media at KSIB Radio on, on Facebook and Twitter and my personal account at Damon H535. Um, I'll be, be tweeting out throughout the day on Tuesday and, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, it, it's so much fun for this tournament time and, uh, to go to Wells Fargo Arena is just as much a, a memory maker for the kids. Uh, as it is for myself, I, you know, I, I enjoy these games. I enjoy these moments. And so to get to, to follow a great team, a great group of girls, a great coaching staff uh, to the state tournament is going to be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, tune into the coverage on, uh, on 101.3 FM, KSIBRadio.com. Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with West Branch girls basketball coach Jared Ty Lee. The Bears are off to the state tournament for their second straight year. Coach, welcome on. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks again for having me. It's an exciting time of year to be a West Branch Bear. Um, unfortunately, the boys are not going to join you. They had a tough one last night. But, you know, to have two schools in a regional final slash sub-state round is pretty special. And you guys have had some good uh, basketball in West Branch this winter. Yeah, and, and uh, our boys had an outstanding season and, and obviously a disappointing loss um, last night. But, uh, you know, Coach Kern and, and his basketball team um, were outstanding all year long and to win the conference again in back-to-back seasons. And, and uh, you know, uh, our our community and our school and, and everybody were extremely proud of the season that they had. And, and uh, you know, um, and thankfully – you know, I get to work next to him every single day throughout the winter season. So he's a great coach, and um, he had a great season. You guys kind of have, uh, I wouldn't say peas of the same pod, but you guys like uh, aggressive style, fast style, um, things like that. We'll get in that here in a second. I don't know why I started out on this other than, uh, you know, I, I keep coming back to looking at the field of the state tournament. And we'll talk about how you got there here in a second. But um, there's there's – Cadillac programs. There's undefeated teams. There's people have a repeat, repeat uh, entrance like you, like you guys, and it just looks like it's it'd be a fun tournament to play in. Not that last year's wasn't by any stretch. That anytime you make state, it's awesome. Um, this year, it seems like this is another level of awesomeness to me. Yeah, and and uh, it, to me, it's wide open, and there's some really good teams in our bracket, and uh, you know, and. And 
we're just trying to take it one game at a time. And, you know, we've never, West Branch has never won a basketball game um, in the girls' state tournament, five-player or six-player. And and so, um, you know, that's our goal right now is to um, go 1-0 and on Wednesday and, and hopefully uh, our preparation and our kids um, are ready to go and, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Coach, last week we were talking about a win at home against Pella Christian, sending you to the regional final against uh, Iowa State Regina. That was in Williamsburg on the 24th. You guys came away with a 62-39 victory. Um, you got them both times in the regular season. This one was a little different, though. Um, did you guys shock yourself even with the margin there? Yeah, I, I would say so. I won't make any, you know, yeah, definitely. Uh, after that, it was a very competitive, high-scoring first quarter. Um, you know, and then we started to make some adjustments defensively and, and we got a little separation at halftime. And, and uh, you know, and then into the third quarter, um, they cut into it a little bit, and then we went on a big run. Um, I think we went on a 10-0 run or something. I don't remember what it was, but we, we widened the gap pretty good going into the fourth and, um, you know, and just kind of held on to that margin. And, yeah, it, it, I'm not sure if anybody – anybody on our team or our coaching staff was expecting that but uh it is something that if we play well you know if we if we execute our our game plan defensively and, and we're able to make shots um you know we're capable of that so and that, that's the kind of effort it's going to take when you to at this point where we're at when you get to the state tournament everybody's at another level they're extremely good and and we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to defend really well. We're going to have to make shots and take care of the ball and rebound the ball. So um, hopefully we can carry all those things over um, into Wednesday. You know, as I do, that one quarter can change momentum. Uh, shoot, a four-minute stretch can change momentum of a game, you know, um, as well as many other factors. But it looks to me like the middle two quarters is where you guys kind of put the proverbial boot to the throat and said, we're done here. Um, 18 to two run in the second quarter had a 35 22 halftime lead 13 to four run at right after halftime and that was enough separation yeah it was and and, and again it starts at the defensive end and getting stops for us and then hopefully going down and um, trying to get some buckets in transition or executing our offense whatever it is and um, our kids were really good for those two quarters at, at both ends of the floor and and uh, I was just super proud of how they played. I mean, and, and I also want to know, Williamsburg had an awesome atmosphere. I mean, that gym, that's the first time I've ever been in there, and that's the first time our kids have played in there. And, and uh, just the atmosphere that they presented was uh, was pretty awesome. It was. It was. They uh, um, got a new gym, I don't know, I think Tipton, when they went to the uh, very first state volleyball tournament, that might have been the first year. So it's, uh, it's about four or five years old, and um, I'm guessing uh, you, maybe you played in there when back in uh, your playing days, maybe the, the old gym that's still there that they use for other things? or. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. I played in that old, smaller gym um, my senior year of uh, high school. Williamsburg joined the Eastern Iowa Hawkeye Conference that year. I believe it was that year. And, uh, and so, yeah, I played in that smaller gym. 
highly efficient offense, uh, 50% from the field, 50% from the free throw line, 75% from the free, excuse me, 75% from the free throw line, 50% from the three-point line, and 51 overall for shooting from the field. Sasha Canning, 19 points, Tay Young, 15, Delaney Lenexis, 14 and 15. And, you know, that's not, that's kind of the same thing we've said over and over and over. And, uh, you know, that consistency also will be interesting to see because, you know, teams can plan to take one or try to take Sasha away or somebody, you know, but, you know, you guys have that depth of scoring and um, rebounding and, you know, steals and all that stuff. It's just, it'll be interesting how that works, but. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we can keep that balance going and all, all across the statistical line, you know, um, scoring, rebounding, um, assists, steals. I mean, those are all stats that if we can keep ourselves fairly balanced, um, you know, we'll, we'll be in good shape. Jared, you guys have the third seed. You guys play on Wednesday. And uh, unlike last year, you won't have to make a, <laughs> a late night trip home to West Branch. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that, you know, the difference of schedule for us. The first two times we've been up there, we've played the, the late night game on, you know, in our bracket and, um, and it'll be definitely a, a difference, you know, it'll be a change playing more in the middle of the day, something different for our kids, but, uh, um, I welcome the change and, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> we'll play whenever they tell us to, but, uh. Um, we're just excited to be there, and, and and hopefully we can make something happen when we get there. Grundy Center's the opponent there out of the North Iowa Cedar League. Another team is uh, the game above you guys in another quarterfinal. Uh, Dyke New Hartford, they're also out of the North Iowa Cedar League. They'll play trainer. The winner of your game and that game will play in the semifinals later this week. Um, I've heard Grundy Center's pretty good coach. They, uh, they have some uh, tenacity about them, and... Um, What's what? What do you know about the Spartans? Yeah, they have um, they have uh, a point guard that can really shoot it, and she's quick. And they have another guard that's extremely quick off the dribble. Um, and then they have two really good post people: um, one that can go inside and out, and one um, that's gonna you know she's she's gonna be physical and and be a challenge for us. So yeah, they uh, present challenges everywhere up and down their lineup. Um, so. Um, you know, we'll have to try some different things and, and hopefully create some problems um, for them as well. You know, so, um, you know, it, we're going to prepare and put a game plan together. And, and uh, you know, if we have to make adjustments or whatever adjustments we need to make on Wednesday um, in game, we will. And, and um, you know, we're, we'll give it our best and, and see what happens. You guys go in 20-1, ranked number three. You guys uh, held the number one position for a while here this season as well. Uh, Grundy Center, 19-3. and three. And, you know, you guys each have had some time off. Is it? Are you in past the hurry-up-and-wait mode and into a normal game week scenario right now considering the Wednesday game versus, you know, a Tuesday or Friday sort of thing? Yeah, and, uh, I mean, we, we practiced today and then uh, we practiced tonight or tomorrow night and then uh, Tuesday, and then we're actually going to head up Tuesday afternoon, and uh, we'll spend the night in Des Moines Tuesday night. Um, that way our kids can sleep in a little bit Wednesday morning. We don't have to get them out of bed super early. So, um, you know, we have a, a schedule that we're going to follow, and, 
and, uh, and you know, <clears throat> try to prepare our kids and have them rested and ready to go as best as possible. And, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it works out for us. I saw you guys were escorted back into town uh, with some flashing lights and some happy community members. That had to be exciting. You know, you guys have had that before, and but it never gets old. You always want to see that, right? Yeah, for sure. And I actually had a parent uh, from my our first uh, team when we went up there in 2016 ask if it, um, what the difference was. And I said there wasn't any difference. It feels just as good this time as it did, um, you know, that time. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd welcome it every year, but everybody knows it's not—it's not easy, and so you gotta—you got to, uh, you know, enjoy these these moments when they happen because you never know when it's gonna happen again. And so, um, our, our kids love it, and, and uh, we we're thankful our community, um, you know, gets involved and and you know supports our kids and and, and our programs. And so, yeah, it's it's exciting, and um, hopefully we can get a lot of these people. To Des Moines on on Wednesday and and uh, you know have a good backing for our kids. Coach, is your third West Branch team uh, going out to state? He's gonna. So when you said 2016, I feel super old. That's only five years ago, but goodness, that's eons ago. I remember that game like it was yesterday. You know, you guys uh, beat Durant here in Tipton, and uh, um, I tell you what, you know, it, it's it's interesting. There was fans there. There's fans uh, that last week, and you know. It just keeps getting normal and keeps getting normal is uh, each game. I can't wait to see what state's like. Um, I know that there's different things they're going to have um, seating-wise, but, you know, just to have fans there. And, you know, we talked last week about, you know, having all the games you've played to this point. And, um, you know, that that can't be lost on uh, the prep, I'm guessing, this week too. Yeah, and for sure. And, and to that point, what you're talking about, you know, I haven't really publicly stated this, but a lot of credit has to go to our kids. And, and the reason I say that is because with everything that they've been challenged with this year from just COVID in general and then actually having COVID hit our program and basically wipe us out for over two weeks, we went almost three weeks between games. And um, and to go 20, to win 20 games and have one loss to this point, um, and, and with knowing that you have a target on your back every single time you step out onto the floor, our kids have handled um, have handled themselves in this season extremely well, and, and I think that's what I'm most proud about is is just how really resilient they've been. I guess is the good word to use. They they've just stepped up to every challenge, and and they haven't wavered or backed down from anything. And, and like I said, I think that's what I'm most proud about. Coach, what are some of the keys this week for a, for another run? Um, you know, you kind of have – you made the run the regular season, then you start over. You made a run in the postseason to this point. Now that's over. Now you have another opportunity for another run. And what are some of the keys? Yeah, you know, the keys to me for us for us are, are always we got to – it starts at the defensive end for us. You know, we got to execute defensively. And we got to rebound the basketball. We're not the biggest team in the, in, you know, in the tournament, but we got to rebound the basketball, and then we got to take care of the basketball. But I think when you get to the state tournament, the most important thing is um, every possession counts, and you know, so um, 
we have to value the basketball when we're on offense, and we have to work extremely hard to get stops on defense because, uh, like you said, game, momentum in games like these can shift so quickly, and, and teams can go on runs in, in such short amount of time that um, you really have to be dialed in and focused every single possession, and, and I think that's, um, that's what's going to be key for us this week. Coach, it's been fun so far. Let's hope for a, uh, a long week here. We'll catch up and talk about state another time. Good luck out there. Go get them. All right. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Go Bears. We're catching up with West Branch Times editor Gregory Norfleet. The Bears of West Branch have made the state tournament in back-to-back seasons. Gregory, welcome on. Cool, thanks for having me, Ryan. I thought it'd be exciting to have you on uh, to talk about West Branch. You uh, cover them throughout the season. So before we get started, though, let's have you tell our listeners about yourself. You know, there's probably somebody um, who may or may not know who you are. Uh, you know, this is going to have a pretty wide audience here today with uh, various previews and things like that. So, tell everyone about yourself. Well, okay. Uh, so, I came to the West Branch Times in 2007. I've been covering sports um, throughout that time. But we've had some stringers that have helped us cover basketball. But uh, recently, I've been covering uh, the girls' basketball team for the last two years. You guys have had a pretty good run during that two-year period. You guys have made state now twice. Um, yeah. Know, it's meant a lot to the West Branch community. You know, uh, everyone knows about West Branch football. And, you know, the baseball team's made the state tournament, too. The boys are playing in the sub-state round as of this recording. Um, this uh, tomorrow, Saturday, the 27th. So, you know, it's been quite a winter for West Branch. Oh, it certainly has, yeah. Our teams uh, in the spring, uh, sorry, in the, in the fall and the winter have just been doing really well. Uh, the fans are really excited about what they're saying. Gregory, let's take a look at the season a little bit. You know, West Branch had an interesting path to the state tournament here. You know, you guys uh, had the schedule with the River Valley Conference which usually produces a handful of state-ranked teams and this year was no different and you know you guys were uh, lost some time for COVID too yeah um, West Branch both West Branch teams got knocked out for about two weeks uh, in late January and that caused them to miss uh, several games they tried to make some of them up but they couldn't uh, in some cases so the, the teams just did, uh, didn't get as much time on the court. Uh, 
part of the trouble with, the, with COVID is that a lot of the non-conference games got canceled, so they didn't get any uh, experience outside of the conference, and they had to just kind of make their way with the teams that they could in uh, the River Valley Conference. You guys had some pretty decent victories along the way. We'll uh, you know, look at some of these. You know, you have <coughs> Regina a couple times. You guys have West Liberty, you guys have um, Cascade, Bellevue once, you know, these are teams that were in the rankings most of the year, and, you know, some interesting parts of that, you know, Bellevue always reminds me of the time in the postseason when you guys had to go up there, and you guys unfortunately lost that that game two, three years ago, and you guys, you know, always have had Bellevue uh, in your sights after, I think. Yeah, uh, and uh, when we, uh, you know, Bellevue made it up to the number six in the rankings, and uh, West Branch had to play them on the road back in December, uh, ended up pulling out a, a nine-point win there, so that was really significant. Uh, and was, uh, interestingly enough, that came one week after their loss to Cascade. Cascade was ranked uh, number 12, but we didn't have Delaney Lemeskis there, and we lost that game just by three points, so... I think that kind of tells you the importance of Ernestus, but also the quality of the team, even without her there. You guys had swept West Liberty, and West Liberty is a very interesting team. They were a top 10 ranked team in Class 2A, excuse me, 3A all year. And, right. you know, they have They have a lot of diversity. They have really good guards, and they have a stud post player, and, um, you know, they... they had a nice little run in the 3A just, uh, excuse me, regional tournament themselves. Yeah, it's always fun to play at West Liberty. There's, uh, I mean, outside of Virginia, there's no team that's closer, and so the rivalry is, uh, has always been there. Uh, to be able to walk out of there with a win, uh, a seven-point win, was uh, especially satisfying to the team, and they did it uh, just earlier this month. They last played them on the second. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was really good to see. Down the stretch, you guys had to make up games. You know, you uh, um, had to get into some sort of race down the stretch for the conference. Oh, oh I certainly did. Yeah, after after the uh, coming back from quarantine, they they went on a stretch of playing eight games in ten days, which kept them really busy. Uh, they. Uh, the good thing is that after coming back from quarantine, they haven't lost another game, and so they're just they just been on fire. Victory at Tipton gave them a uh, share of the RBC South title on February eighth. They clinched the outright title the next night at home against Iowa State Regina, a team that we'll talk about here in a second as you guys met them again in the postseason. Um, but you know, one of the last home games in the current West Branch gym. That was quite a way to, to go out there. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was uh, it's hard to be at home in just about any sport. But, uh, you know, Regina, they're just, they're just one of those teams that you almost can't ex- know what to expect. Um, when, when, when we played them earlier in the season, uh, those games were like six, those French won those games by 16 points and 18 points. Um, and uh, we did play our last game um, earlier this week, but 
to me, that trip to Williamsburg to play Regina one more time and ended up being a, a, a 22 point cat. It was, it was really unbelievable. You guys entered the postseason with one loss. You guys hosted Danville in the first uh, regional game, a quarterfinal game at home. Um, Danville on the Southeast Side of Super Conference. And you guys had a pretty big win, 75 41, and that win kind of set you on your way there. It was Denver, um, that was really surprising. Um, Denver was a, a strong team. Granted, they did have to play in to get to the, the tournament, but I uh, really was really surprised by um, how well West Branch did that. We expected that score to be closer, maybe not a lot closer, but uh, yeah, that was, that was nice to see. You guys had two 20 point quarters in that game, and, uh, you know, I know. You're probably hoping, and Coach Tylee's probably hoping, uh, um, you know, you like your chances if you're scoring 40 or more points in the first half. Oh, yeah, certainly. And um, Jared wants to, he, he tends to want to get out to a, a quick start. He wants West Branch to be able to set the tone. Um, he wants, and, and he does that, of course, to win the game, but also because he wants to build up his bench. He wants to see his um the deeper bench players putting in those those extra minutes in that fourth quarter because he's planning uh, you know for the long run he's planning for uh, getting back to state. Ryland Vicker, twenty one points to lead you guys in that quarterfinal game, and she missed some time down the stretch with a, um, a minor little injury, but she came back and made uh, half of three. She got to the uh, the leading score honors that night. You know, Delano Nexus double double, eighteen and ten, and Sasha Kane was seventeen. And, uh, yeah, it was a good opener. You guys having the top seed in the region also uh, afforded you the luxury of hosting the next round. Um, Pella Christian came to town. You know, Pella Christian's a, a team out of south-central Iowa, kind of. Um, I wouldn't quite call it central Iowa, but it's just on that border of being south-central and central. Um, for, uh, that way they play in a conference with... Uh, Little Hawkeye Conference, which has Grinnell, Oskaloosa, uh, Pella, Norwalk, uh, some of those schools, I think Dallas Center Grimes or something, one of the ones up by the moon. But this is, as listeners will know uh, by the end of this discussion here, you know, uh, this was the closest game you had in the postseason. Um, they came in and nine wins, and they you know, look like a nine win team. Well, the problem is that. Christian, they were kind of hidden inside that little Hawkeye conference. That conference is made up of four A teams, including one five A team. How how a two A team is is sitting in the little Hawkeye conference? I have no idea, but that's what made their record of nine and twelve make them seem less dangerous. Uh, So once they got out there and uh, got to play a two A team like West Branch. They really got to, to show how their school stacks up against another quality 2A team. And they, they were fast, uh, they were elusive, and um, they just they were just able to finally shine um, and, and almost gather an upset. I would not be surprised if Paul Christian moved over to the RVC or Willamette or something like that. and. Uh, they would easily come out of there with a better record and possibly a state ranking. Father uh, Christian had double-digit points in each of the first three quarters. West Branch outscored them 
11 to 5 in the fourth quarter, and that was kind of it. You know, it was a pretty close game the whole way. Sasha Kamey with 22, Ryan Vicker with 8, Kay Young with 7. And, you know, you guys have a luxury. I've seen you guys play a few times. Um, pesky is a good word I like to use. Uh, um, you know, you guys are aggressively pesky. Aggressively pesky. I like that term. I have to pass it on to the coach here. Let's do that. Yeah, the uh, West Branch has got, um, they've got three players uh, who are, a lot of the games kind of centered around them. Of course, Sasha Koenig, senior. Um, she's going off to play Bradley at Bradley next year uh, uh, with her sister. Uh, she's just a great all-around player. Uh, and everybody in this area seems to know who she is. And despite her five foot size, she she just she she plays smart. She knows how to get on the inside with with her height. Uh, and of course, she's great at the free throw line, three point uh, zone everywhere. Uh, then we have another senior, Taylor uh, Young. She's a, I, I consider her the bulldog of the team. If, the, if there's a loose ball, you can imagine that she's diving for it. And she doesn't worry about getting hurt. And uh, she's probably the most aggressive player on the team by far. And then, of course, underneath the basket, we've got Delaney Lunesco, a junior. Uh, she wasn't a starter in last year's um, uh, state uh, team, but she replaced her sister underneath there, getting the rebounds, and she's now the top rebounder for the team. She's, uh, if you meet her in person, she doesn't seem uh, like a dangerous type, but when you put her underneath the basket, she's uh, she's very good, very aggressive. She's not afraid uh, of whoever you put up against. But if, if any coaches try to zoom in on those three players, well, then they're going to get by the other two starters, and that's Lexi Peak and Ryan Drucker, who is fantastic from the outside. And that, that, that's probably one of the most uh, uh, balanced teams that I've seen playing here at West Bank. Let's take a look at how you got to stay. You met Regina for the third time. That was on Wednesday, February 24th, so just over a week ago. Um, you guys went over to, I'm sorry, just this week. I apologize. I'm, I'm jumping ahead and stayed already. So, you know, you guys went over to Williamsburg, um, and it's a little bit more of a larger gym, and, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you're going to you throw out records, all that stuff, and, you know, it's close in the first quarter, but the middle quarters, you guys outscored the Regals 31-12, to 12, and that pretty much was the story. Yeah, that was... Uh... That, that, that was a really surprising game. Um, Regina had been getting better, but this bench clearly got even better than them. Uh, when, when we saw that the, it was really, it's one thing that kind of masked it is we saw the, you know, the, the starters were out there for most of the game, but about, like about a minute or two before the game ended, the power blanked off. And uh, that happened to be the same time when the uh, coaches put in their bench players to finish off the game. Before that time, West Branch was up by 29 points. It was a bench that came in and dropped a couple of three-pointers and that, uh, that narrowed that gap there. I can't imagine what would happen if they left the starters out, but goodness gracious, that was 
there's three programs in the 2A field that have won state titles over their history. Um, there's a team with eight trips, four, four, seven, four, first one, five, and six. Oh, wait. And then there's trainer with 17. <laughs> so, you know, some of these programs are at state, you know, have some history behind it. You guys um, are making your fourth trip. You also went in 1972 and 2016. Um, you guys opened with Grundy Center. You guys are the third seed. They're the sixth, excuse me, sixth seed. <laughs> Tongue twister there for a second. Um, they come in 19 and 3, and um, I believe they're out of North Iowa Cedar. If I remember right. Oh, Grundy Center? Yes. Yeah, the North Iowa Cedar West Conference. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about them, except that that conference has no ranked teams at West Branch. Um, and uh, so I, I'm not sure how to measure up their 19 and 3 record against West Branch's 21. Again, West Branch hasn't played any teams outside their conference. Um, so we're kind of, West Branch is kind of having to lean back on those games against Bellevue and Cascade to kind of measure their strength. Um, but it, it, should, it is interesting to point out that Grimmie Center, their three losses came to Warren's um, uh, Story, which is ranked number eight in 3A. Um, another 3A team, Nevada, that's but that's not ranked. And then a 1A Montezuma team that was ranked number six. So they did get some, um, you know, they did get some teams that were outside their, their division, at least. That I'm assuming that they're a super conference like West Branches and that they're a valid conference. So these teams came outside their, their division uh, and, and were able to beat them. But, um, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. I mean, we can look at the individual stats, and they've got some effective players. Um, but to see how they actually match up, that's that's the big question. Talk about players, and West Branch has one of the most dynamic ones in Class 2A, and Sasha Koenig, you uh, gave where she's going next year to play. But, you know, there's also partly a lore, uh, uh, an individualism in a way, um, you know, throughout the history of the Girls' State Tournament. And, you know, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how how uh, Sasha is received. Uh, you know, she she was out there last year and she's out there this year. And, uh, you know, sometimes those notable players get extra attention. You guys you just don't know how things will play out. And, um, I'm guessing that she'll have the attention of the Grundy Center team. <laughs> I don't know where she's at, but what sort of keys do you think West Branch needs to have to make a deep run out of state? Well, I think that they, they need those intangibles like mental toughness and confidence in their abilities. And I think that the uh, going back again to the Pella Christian game, I think that was a really good test because they were behind for most of that game. They didn't catch up until late. And yet they still, I mean, they were tired. Let me tell you, Pella Christian, the fast team, that made them work for it very hard. It was a fast-paced game. And um, the West Branch team walked off. They were totally exhausted by 
they kept their uh, mental toughness, they kept their confidence, and they were able to pull out that win. It was it was a really a really good test right before um, heading to uh, state. Gregory, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, I know our listeners, uh, um, wherever they're listening from here this week, I appreciate uh, um, hearing about West Branch. You, know, you never know who's going to play whoever. And, uh, you know, at this time of year, uh, fans uh, want to consume information. And uh, it's good to have you on to uh, provide some new listeners and listeners that have been around a while some information. As You know, it's an exciting time of year. the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Grundy Register Sports Editor, Jake Ryder. Jake, welcome on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Jake, you and I know each other from back in the day. We run into each other here and there throughout the year, depending on uh, what teams make state. How are you doing? And you're a busy guy right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we we cross paths, uh, you know, um, here and there, like you said, um, you know, Few years ago, here from about 2011 to 2016, I was working at the uh, Muscatine Journal, so we were kind of in the, the same neighborhood as each other. But uh, but now I've taken a position up in uh, Parkersburg in Northeast Iowa that's uh, resulted in me uh, covering uh, seven schools in the North Iowa Cedar League, including two of the teams that we're going to talk about today. And it's uh, been a pretty uh, exciting time here uh, in the. You know, almost five years that I've been up here, uh, never a dull moment, and I've uh, been very fortunate to cover some very talented athletes and teams, including uh, two teams that we're going to talk about today. So uh, I'm excited. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about it. It's kind of exciting. You know, you probably on any given night know what's going on in the North Iowa Cedar League, and that's got to be pretty cool and give you a lot of uh, um, street cred when you uh, come across the stuff like that. I, I find that fascinating myself yeah yeah it's uh it can be a lot to keep up with and you know i don't know how much street cred i have but hopefully i uh don't make too much of a fool out of myself on here i but i, I know i've seen uh you know these two teams that we're talking about today quite a bit and uh i feel like i can uh you know speak to to their strengths and hopefully give some people a little bit of insight into these teams uh you know making the trip down to des moines this uh this uh, upcoming week Let's start with Dyke New Hartford. Uh, the Wolverines are <laughs> undefeated, one of the three undefeated teams in Class 2A in the uh, state tournament bracket. And, you know, they, when I think of Dyke New Hartford, I just think of just studs all over the place. You know, not just for girls, but for boys. You know, the, the it's like a machine up there in uh, different sports. And, you know, there's always a, a Dyke New Hartford, you know, team that goes far. What's this team look like? You know, you guys had a uh, um, uh, conference champion again, I would assume, and, yeah. you know, undefeated is undefeated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this uh, this team is really interesting. You know, this is a 
Lake New Hartford program that was coming off of a three-year run at the state tournament these last three seasons with a really talented uh, group of guards and, and a forward and uh, Ellie Knock, uh, or I'm sorry, Katie Knock, Ellie Foster, and Morgan Weber. Um, more about Ellie Knock here in a second. But uh, so after they, after those three graduated, um, you know, I've been talking with head coach Bruce Dahl of Lake New Hartford, and he's he's kind of you know repeated uh, off and on throughout this season that he really didn't realize, uh, you know, what this team was going to become, uh, you know, from a, with a combination of the seniors graduating and, you know, COVID kind of interrupting the, you know, the off-season process and all the open gyms and things like that. Um, and things have just kind of come together for this team. Obviously, I um, mean, you know, like you said, Dyke New Hartford is definitely, uh, to a certain respect, uh, you know, a, a, a machine, but this is definitely a, an interesting collection of players. And, um, you know, it, it's just been really fascinating to watch this team come together. Um, you know, just, just cause I, I, you know, personally didn't really know what to expect either with this team, um, knowing how much they would have to replace. And it really seems like they've, uh, not only reloaded, but have really made a, a claim for themselves as to be, um, you know, I, I think it's pretty fair to say that they're probably one of the favorites down there. Um, you know, I don't want to put too much expectations on them, but obviously they have certainly uh, played the role very well uh, up to this point of looking like a, you know, a team that is, uh, you know, th- that, that could very well be playing here at the end of next week. You guys had a 3-0 and run up to the state uh, tournament as well, the second season, as everyone tends to say. Um, you guys took care of Eagle Grove, 68-21 in the Region 6 quarterfinal. You guys uh, had Appling and Parkersburg. From my understanding, that's that's the rival, right? Appling and Parkersburg. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, 48-27, you guys beat uh, beat the Falcons. And then, you know, West Hancock, uh, another ranked team. And this, you know, if if neither of those got people's attention, this had to get people's attention. 72-30. to and uh, I wouldn't say, I don't know, probably in hand early, I would think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there were a few jitters, I think, um, you know, kind of starting off. You know, the offense wasn't quite flowing the way that, it, that, that I've seen kind of in the previous times that I've watched them play. Um, but really, you know, once they get going, I, I think the, the, the hallmark of this team, as with a lot of uh, Bruce Dahl's teams, uh, Bruce Dahl, um, who coached a, a state championship winning team at HWSR, you know, at the end of the day, he's, uh, he's a very defensive-minded coach. And uh, defense is really what uh, kind of stirs the drink here for them. Um, and once they really started to generate some some steals off of uh, their pressure of West Hancock, it really it snowballs because uh, – you know, this team is very disruptive defensively. And the, the, the other, you know, the biggest thing about this team is that they have a, a wide variety of ways that they can, you know, finish off possess, offensive possessions of the basket. Um, there's no, there's no real one. The best way to kind of slow this team down is to just really slow down the pace, um, and, and hit shots because you need to put pressure on them to hit their shots too. And if you're not hitting shots, you know, West Hancock's having a real hard time finding the uh, the bottom of the basket there in the first half, and it really snowballed on them. And um, that's, you know, the, it just 
that's kind of the, the big thing that I've seen with Dyke New Hartford is that you look at their schedule. I mean, there are very few games that they've played. Um, you know, 39-33 against Denver in, on January 12th was the closest game that they've probably played all year that I'm, that I'm, you know, seeing here just off the top of my head. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a regional finalist team that was a state qualifier last year. Um, but other than that, I mean, they had a 55-29 win against a really good Osage team. Um, you know, like you said, the West Hancock team, 72-30. AP is a really good squad, and, and they were able to handle them three times, um, you know, this year. And just, uh, you know, a really good NICL East and, you know, ran the table. Um, it's uh, It's been really impressive to, to watch this team kind of come together. Um, they, they just, they're just so so dynamic and and really hard to uh, I feel like you know with no coaching experience of my own I, I still feel like you look at a team like that and it's uh it's a hard team to game plan for you, you need a lot of things to break your way and you know looking at West Hancock their last five games coming into the game against Dyke New Hartford they were lopsided too you know 68-39 a 20-point victory against Manson Northwest Webster a 22-point win against Mason City Newman Catholic they did lose to Bishop Garrigan, their top rank in the 1A, kind of handily. Uh, but, you know, a 30-point win against Belmont Clemmy. You know, I mean, they put some points up in their own right, too. And, you know, three of the four quarters in that game were single-digit quarters for them. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, you know, West Hancock is an extremely talented team. I mean, you, you mentioned those losses to Garrigan. The only other losses were the 3A schools um, on their record before running into Dyke New Hartford in the regional final. You know, and this and West Hancock, uh, you know, has had some um, experience at the state tournament as well. So, you know, I went into that game expecting it to be competitive, and I, and I would say for about the first, um, you know, ten minutes or so, it definitely was. It, it fit that bill. But again, you know, once this Wolverine kind of momentum really gets going, it is just, uh, it, it is really something else. It, it's something you know, I haven't been doing this very long, but um, I haven't seen too many teams. Um, in in, uh, in the areas that I've covered that kind of play the game as uh, efficiently um, and as, uh, you know, completely as this Dyke New Hartford squad does. And there's only one senior um, that plays regularly. So, I mean, this is going to be a team that's going to be a threat for quite some time. That one senior led you guys in scoring Paula Gonzalez, 21 points, 5 of 7 from the three-point line in that game, also had nine rebounds. So, you know, you had 49 rebounds, and I, I find that staggering in itself because normally games that I've seen, uh, for the most part, you know, uh, 30, 35 is where it kind of tops out. Uh, and to get almost 20 more than what I normally see has my attention right off the bat there. Yeah, uh, this is a really good rebounding team. Um, you know, I, I think it starts with um, – um, Peyton Peterson, uh, the freshman uh, in the low post. Um, this is kind of a uh, you know a, fam- a family of tradition in Dyke New Hartford. Um, you know the second set of twin sisters. Um, th- their mother is uh, Bobby Peterson, who coaches uh, volleyball at the University of Northern Iowa. And uh, you know uh, Jaden Peterson, Peyton's sister, comes off the bench and does a good job. At, you know she has her role, but I really feel like Peyton Peterson has kind of really come into her own. Um, Bruce, uh, Bruce Dahl joked with me that, uh, the football coach would probably love to have her as a, uh, as a tight end because she just has really great hands. 
um, you know, the, the, the people, the, the guards have a really, um, you know, it seems like it's almost too easy um, to, to find her in the, in the low post sometimes. So, um, and only a freshman, um, obviously a very talented volleyball player as well. Um, but yeah, I think she really, um, you know, I mean, she had 21 rebounds in that game against West Hancock, nine on the offensive side. And it was just, you know, one of those things where she was really cleaning up the glass anytime. You know, they didn't miss a lot in that game. And when they did, um, you know, Peyton was usually there to clean it up. Um, uh, they also have uh, Ellie Knock, uh, who is the uh, younger sister of Katie Knock, who is one of those talented seniors from the team that went uh, three years in a row at State. Um, she's, uh, she can definitely do a little bit of everything for the team. Um, she definitely helps out, um, you know, Peyton in the post game as well um, to help kind of take a little bit of heat off of her. So, um, you know, those are kind of the two main players down there. And I think, you know, Paula Gonzalez, um, you know, a foreign exchange student from Spain, one of the big surprises, obviously, you know, you never plan on getting a foreign exchange student. And here one kind of dropped into Dyke New Hartford's lap, uh, you know, a talented girl who uh, played club ball in Spain and has really brought that kind of uh, energy to the team. Um, was red hot from the three-point line, um, and, and it's just kind of a very, um, you know, one of many dangerous threats on the State New Hartford team. You guys have made the last four state tournaments, and from what I could tell, as far as Dyke New Hartford, the school district, that's the only four trips. Um, still looking for a state title, and maybe this is a team that can do that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there, there is, uh, this is definitely new ground for the consolidated school district. I know there's a long, proud history of, uh, the Dyke Bobcats, uh, playing the six on six game. I um, mean, you know, Bobby, uh, Bobby Peterson, then Bobby Becker was on that team. Um, but, but yeah, this is kind of new ground for them. You know, if you ask, uh, if you ask Coach Dahl, he'll tell you that, uh, you know, he doesn't have any expectations for this team. Um, you know, he, like, like I've been saying, he came in not knowing really what it was going to happen. So, um, you know, this is one of those, you know, sometimes a lot of coaches like to say, oh, you know, we just take it one game at a time. With, with, with him, you know, I, I, I almost genuinely believe it because this really has been a run that has really, um, you know, kind of sprung up out of nowhere. And, you know, he'll tell you that he's set no goals for his team. He's just focused on, um, you know, this game coming up against a trainer. And, uh, you know, I think it comes with, being, you know, this team is so young that, you know, this is really a team that, uh, like I said, can really be, um, you know, a force to be reckoned with in the years to come, um, and which is really surprising when you consider, you know, how much of a mainstay they've been at this level um, for so long now that, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure, I, I don't know if it's a state title or bus team, but this is certainly when you're undefeated. I mean, you never want to get that, you, you never want to lose that zero in the loss column, no matter what, when you get to a certain point. So, um, yeah, I, I think that definitely the, uh, the, the community would, would love to bring it, see the girls bring a state title home. But, uh, you know, if you, if you ask the coach, he's going to say, no expectations, no goals, just go out there and play. So, uh, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. You know, this field of 2A is interesting to me. You know, you have, three unbeaten teams. You have uh, two others with two or fewer losses. You have a new team, uh, first-time state qualifier in Nottoway Valley. You have a team with nine losses who's going to play the top seed. Um, You know, one thing about this is 
most of these teams got most of their games in. And I think that's fascinating, considering back in October, there was all the talk like, okay, we're going to try to get to Thanksgiving, and then after Thanksgiving, we'll be done till Christmas, and we'll reset for the for 2021. And you, you remember that talk, right? Or am I crazy? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is uh, it's definitely been impressive to see, um, you know, these uh, – and I really do feel like these teams kind of – you know, these teams and a lot of teams in, in all classes here, um, you know, they, they have had the support of their school's administration to, you know, do the right things to make sure, um, you know, that all the protocols are followed. And, you know, it hasn't been – it hasn't been spotless. I mean, you, you hear stories, you know, here and there of, you know, teams needing to take a take a break or, you know, players needing to sit out for exposure or things like that. But, you know, given the kind of, you know, strange nature of the year, I, I really do feel like it's a, you know, it's a testament to these schools, um, you know, putting in the work to make sure that they can, you know, do everything as right as possible and, and uh, you know, get as many games in as possible. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see that, uh, you know, teams have been able to finish everything out here. Let's move uh, next to your second team out of state. You're going to be a busy guy out of state. <laughs> Do you have any other teams, or is that all the only two you guys are covering out there? Uh, no, those are the only two teams, and I, I, I won't uh, dwell too long on this, but I just want to – I don't know. I doubt she'll listen to this, but I just want to give a shout-out to my wife, Callie. Um, we are going to be celebrating five years of marriage on uh, uh, Friday, March 5th, uh, which is a scheduled date of the semifinals. So – um, still kind of figuring out what exactly that means for our big uh, anniversary plans, but uh, I just wanted to, you know, just wanted to put it out there that uh, we'll be kind of celebrating that milestone. And uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it, it'll be very interesting uh, to um, to kind of have that uh, stuff going on in my personal life while I'm also you know trying to um, you know cover a, a state basketball tournament. It's always a fun time. And I, I know you can relate when you have those things that kind of come up with life. You know, it's it's always an interesting balance to, to strike. Well, congratulations, Jake. I kind of remember, I think that kind of coincides with you going from Muscatine, give or take, right? Or were you guys, uh, I don't know. For some reason, I, I had in my head that you guys got married and you went to up to Northeast Iowa kind of in the same time? Or It was, it was the same year. So, yeah, we got we got married in March, and then later that year was the was move over to uh, – to Parkersburg in, in late October. So uh, um, the, the, the events weren't necessarily connected, but yeah, it, yeah. it was definitely, <laughs> you know, it's definitely one of those things where you, um, you know, again, not to get too much into it, but yeah. you, you kind of look for those other, uh, those other opportunities and kind of see, you know, where, where you can branch out and things like that. And, you know, it, it just kind of happened that way. I, I think the fun thing is, is that, you know, um, you know, we got married during a time that, uh, you know, I, I usually wasn't too busy in, in my neck of the woods, and and now it just happens, so happens to be a day that, or or a day and a week and and a time that is usually very busy for me. And it's just just how that stuff works out. But uh, you know, that, that, that's just kind of one of those things. But anyway, yeah. uh, yes, uh, on on to Grandy Center. I would say Valentine's Day is the the big bugaboo. Uh, for a lot of married sports people, because it's usually the weekend of uh, the first uh, uh, regional. Yes. So anyway, yeah, we, we're off yes. the rails now. We need to get back on track here. So yes, yeah. 
Grundy Center is a team that uh, won the state title in uh, 2019. You know, they they played and lost to Cascade, I believe, the year before or after a traditional program. You know, I, I refer to there's like a Cadillac, Cadillac program. You know, you have Trainer. They're another one. Uh, Dyke New Hartford, you know. Um, it just seems like there are so many – the field to me is stacked, but the field to me seems open. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, yeah, there's this, uh, th- th- there are, you know, newcomers like Nautilus Valley, like you said, and, uh, but that, especially that bottom half, I mean, you know, Dyke New Hartford, Trainer, uh, Grundy Center, I mean, West Branch, you know, uh, those RVC schools, you know, always have a way of, uh, you know, finding their way to, to this level. So, I mean, that bottom half of the bracket is, is definitely loaded. And then you have kind of some interesting teams like Northland, also a traditional team, um, you know, the Valley and Nottoway Valley, you know, the two other undefeated teams. Very interesting feel of how it all shook out. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of, that, 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 you know, I agree that that does seem to be, that would point to me that it does seem to be up in the air. I mean, I know a lot of people like to look at that BC Moore rankings website, and they seem to, and that computer seems to think that Dyke New Hartford is the overwhelming favorite. But man, the Wells Fargo Arena is the ultimate equalizer when it comes to you know what you can put into a computer and have the results spit out. I mean, Wells Fargo Arena will definitely you know mess with your game plan. You know, I know you know teams like to try to do shoot arounds leading up to it so that it doesn't mess up their shot um you know it, it can anything can happen when you get down there so you gotta you know it, it, I'm, I'm gonna sound like a you know it's gonna be coach speak here a little bit but you know you, you do have to throw the records out the window because um it, it could be a, a very exciting week here uh, this this upcoming week grundy center spartans have not scored few well i guess <laughs> never mind they've they've scored give or take around 50 55 points after christmas um, they have a defeat that sticks out that I want to talk about here in a second. But, you know, you guys, your run for Grundy Center was a uh, win against Woodward Granger, 64-25 in the quarterfinal. You guys beat Earlham, 60-26 to in the semifinal. And then a conference school, if I remember right, Denver, um, in their regional final, 51-44. So regardless, you guys were going to have <laughs> two two teams in the in the field for state in a way, you know, with uh, Denver and you guys. But it's kind of interesting that you guys have two teams and then the Tri-Rivers has two teams. And, uh, you know, I always contend let's have conference champions only and see what happens. But... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, that uh, that Denver game was interesting. Um, that's a technically a cross uh, a cross uh, division game because the Denver's in the East and Grundy's in the West. But uh, I mean that will change here, um, you know, with the upcoming school year because I know that they're uh, kind of splitting the NICL up into three divisions with the addition of all line. But uh, that might be a subject for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, that game against Denver was interesting. You know, the year prior, they met in a regional final uh, at the same high school, Waterloo West High School, and uh, Denver came out with the victory there. And uh, then they met again in volleyball earlier this year, and Denver won that one, too, in the regional final to go to state. So there was, I think there was a little bit of revenge on the on the menu for, for Grundy Center in that game. And I think, uh, you know, uh, head coach Matt Lindemann, you know, he mentioned that uh, he wanted – the Spartans to be the aggressor here and not, uh, 
you know, let uh, Denver dictate the pace too much. And I think it worked out for them. They got a 10-point lead going into halftime. Um, and, you know, I think that really helped. Uh, you know, Denver makes a second-half run there. But uh, Grundy Center had a way of finishing it out there. So I think, um, you know, and, and you mentioned that the scoring average has been pretty good after Christmas. Um, I just wanted to segue into that. Uh, you know, Grundy Center's, uh, you know, got a really talented um a really talented girl in Laney Thorin, um, who, uh, was, had a, uh, hand injury, um, that kept her out for, uh, the first few games of the season. And, uh, you know, she was able to get back into the lineup here, uh, after Christmas and really go full bore and, uh, has really kind of rounded out that team. Um, you know, has been, has really come on strong, even though she missed the first few games of the season. Um, very, very talented athlete. Um, very good in, in, in the post, very good at rebounding. Um, you know, also has a, a good eye for, you know, finding the open shooter um, and, and just a good scorer as well. Um, just very talented and, uh, you know, uh, again, one of uh, one of a couple of uh, interesting pieces on a, on a really good, well-rounded team that uh, is heading back to state for the third time in the last four years here. You guys had uh, a 30-30 ball game going into the fourth quarter, and at that point, to me, it seemed like it would just be like, okay, who wants it more? You know, who wants to go to state and who doesn't want, who wants to keep playing basketball? Now, granted, you can make a case that both teams probably were wanting that, but you know, only one team can advance and you guys got to the lead eight. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, looking at kind of the, uh, kind of the, the game in retrospect, it seemed like the, the Grundy Center girls really, um, you know, kind of a frantic fourth quarter after, um, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a back and forth those first three quarters. And I really think it was, um, you know, just, just a good offensive run, which they really needed. And that's kind of one of the things about this team is, um, you know, Matt Lemonin is another coach that is, uh, really, uh, defensive minded. But, uh, I think most people would see that this Grundy Center team compared to, um, you know, some in previous years, uh, have, you know, more offensive capabilities. Um, you know, and that's not to slight anybody on those previous teams. You know, obviously, All-Stater Haley Wallace, a very talented scorer for um, those Grundy Center teams that made it to the uh, the state final. Uh, but definitely, this seems like a team that, um, you know, has that, you know, defensive prowess, but is also able uh, to really finish at the basket. And I think that that makes them... Um, certainly, a, 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 an interesting, an interesting team uh, here at state, um, where you know if a few things you know break their way, they could really um, you know put some pressure on opponents uh, down here. One of the things I noticed too, Denver was a state ranked team as well. So a lot of state ranked teams out of the North Iowa Cedar League. Um, I didn't see you guys play each other though. I don't know if that's just how it is or or what. Um, so do you, I, mean, do you mean Grundy Center and Dyke New Hartford? Yeah, and I'm not being critical. I, I just, yeah, no. Uh, so so here's the thing. Um, you know, they they actually schedule to play each other. I don't think they've played each other since uh, it, it's been a couple of years now. The last two years. The games have been canceled because of inclement weather up here. That's the uh, yeah, one, yeah. That's, that's the other thing about Northeast Iowa is that uh, when it uh, when it gets snowing here, it can get uh, pretty nasty. So that's it. Just so happens that those two these past two years, those games have been snowed out, and uh, it's been very unfortunate because they uh, they played a really great game. I think it was. Uh, 
in the 2019 or 2018-2019 season uh, that went to overtime and was a, just a, a fantastic game. Um, but uh, unfortunately, we have been uh, robbed of that here in the area. So I think there are some people that are, you know, really keeping their fingers crossed that they can meet in the semifinals. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're going to have to get through a couple of really tough teams and train on the West Branch to make that happen. So, um, you know, yeah, but they, they did try to put it on the schedule. It's just Mother Nature had other ideas. So. <laughs> One, I say that it's kind of strategic in a way because not too many, you know, some conferences didn't, you know, they just played conference games or they just, you know, did whatever. And there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity. It looks like statewide in two A, where you had a lot of crossover, um, you know, measuring state games, you know, the, the rivalry Saturday game in Cedar Rapids or uh, Mac Valley, whichever, I don't remember where it's going to be. That got wiped out because of, um, uh, I don't remember. Maybe it was COVID. Is it COVID or what? I think, I think it ended up being COVID. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that actually uh, reminded me West Branch and Grundy Center were going to play each other for Rivalry Saturday yeah, yeah. over there at uh, <laughs> Coe College. So this is kind of the rivalry the rivalry Saturday matchup that, uh, that didn't happen, and we're getting it at Wells Fargo Arena instead. So. Um, you know, that's uh, <laughs> kind of tough luck for those guys over at the Gazette. But, uh, you know, they, they knew it was a good matchup. Uh, they just, uh, you know, didn't get a chance to have it there in their neck of the woods. But, uh, but yeah, that is kind of interesting how it all works out. So, they're, you know, now we get to see it kind of in a, in a different light because I know it would have been it would have been a different game there earlier in the season than it would be um, at this point in the season between those two teams. But just kind of funny how things work out like that. You guys had three losses. The one I wanted to make note of, and not because of the score, but just because uh, of proximity and just the tradition. Uh, you guys had a game with Montezuma. Uh, they're a 1A state-ranked team, and um, uh, you know they have some history in that program. You guys have history. It's just one of those things that um, I'm not sure how that came about, but and maybe you guys play them every year, every so many years. I don't know, but um, that was that was kind of neat to see. That they, they, you guys have played. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I, I can't say for sure exactly what the arrangement is with those two schools, but, uh, you know, it, it is something, and, and I know that uh, it, it, I think it's an appealing matchup on both ends. Um, you know, in the last few years, both the girls and boys programs have, um, you know, been on the rise. I know Montezuma and Green Center boys met in a sub-state final here. In the last couple of years, that was, uh, you know, a very competitive game. So I think that there is a mutual benefit to, um, you know, playing each other and just kind of, you know, using each other as a measuring stick, you know, especially at that point in the season. I mean, we're, you know, knocking on the doorstep of regional basketball there and to, you know, for, for Grundy to play Montezuma and for Montezuma to play Grundy and to see how things kind of shake out. I mean, I feel like that is really a good bellwether for both teams about, okay, so, you know, what, what should we be expecting to accomplish in the regional and, and for the boys for district tournaments? So I, I you know, I, I can't say, I can't speak to the athletic directors for either school, but I would imagine they see it as a mutually beneficial uh, relationship to really, you know, test their teams and, and, and get them ready to go for the postseason. Have you ever had two teams in the same bracket before, or is this, old hat for you or or where does that i mean what's the i mean does this happen a lot with uh, uh yeah. You your... so, so yeah so um let's see i think it was a couple of years ago 
um, you know, the years all blend together. You know how that is. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, Dyke Hartford, Grundy Center, and Appleton Parkersburg were all in the same 2A bracket. So that was a very busy day. Um, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, one where you're, you're definitely, uh, you know, kind of running around and, and trying to keep everything straight. Thankfully, it was, you know, kind of one of those quarterfinal days where it was split between two days. But... Um, yeah, uh, you know, and um, unfortunately, you know, two of those three teams bowed out in the quarterfinals, and uh, Grundy Center, that was uh, the uh, second of two years of them um, getting to the, or I think the first or second, so I think it was the second time they got into the state championship game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those things, like I said uh, up top, you know, I've been very fortunate to cover some really talented teams. Um, you know, it's, you know, the, they, uh, you know, they say that's a good problem to have, and I, I tend to agree. Uh, it, it, it's been very interesting to cover a lot of the uh, talented athletes and teams that have come out of this area um, that have been doing some really great things. So, yeah, ne- never a dull moment, that's for sure. So Grundy Center turns their attention to state. And we haven't talked about any of the players yet, Jake, other, in, in too much detail. But now that's uh, what we're going to do. What are some of the keys to the state run? Who has been kind of uh, starting to percolate as being a player to, that people need to pay attention to, especially the fans that go out there? You know, there's going to be people, um, I'm guessing, you know, hopefully the Dyke New Hartford people kind of in a weird way cheer for you guys, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. Um, but who are some of the names that people need to uh, pay attention to when they're out there for Grundy Center? Yeah, I, I think you're right. There's a lot of uh, NICL pride, um, you know, no matter uh, what, which school it is. I mean, if they meet in the semifinals, it's a different story. But, uh, but yeah, when, when they're when they're not facing each other, there's a lot of pride for the uh, for the conference. But anyway, um, when it comes to the Spartans, um, you know, this is a team that uh, is built a lot around a really strong junior class. I mean, if you look at the starting lineup; um, all five are uh, are juniors. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Laney Thorin. Um, like I said, you know, a very talented, uh, you know, very talented player, um, can rebound really well. Um, you know, really good at, at finding open shooters, really good at, at finishing, um, you know, from a variety of places on the floor. Um, then you've got players like, uh, Bailey Redding, who is a really strong post player, you know, really aggressive, likes to attack the basket and is also a great, um, you know, secondary rebounding option. Uh, to, to Thorin, who can really help uh, help out if teams try to take Thorin out of the game, um, you know, one way or another. Uh, Peyton Wallace running the offense up top, um, very uh, very aggressive player uh, defensively, um, really disrupts the passing lanes and can, can really you know give offenses a really hard time. And then is, is really good at uh, you know turning those into into points on the other end. Um, Peyton, you know, younger sister of Haley Wallace. Um, you know, uh, and is definitely, you know, has that kind of pedigree of, uh, you know, being a very explosive player and, and, and can really, you know, flip a game on its head if, uh, if you let her get the opportunity to get a hand on a, on a pass, uh, running a half court offense. Uh, Emma Beck, uh, three point shooting specialist. Um, if you give her, if you give her a chance to take an open three in rhythm, uh, she'll probably make you pay for it. Um, can really spark. A, a, a nice run where you know you get a, a three pointer from her, and then you can set up that pressure defense if that's what you're sitting in, and uh, you know things can really uh, you know snowball from there. Uh, Dahlia Gardner, um, another really talented player um, that, that's also very aggressive. You know, very good at attacking the basket, 
being aggressive, um, grabbing those rebounds. I mean, this is a really well-rounded team when it comes to, um, you know, just having some different options for offense, but they're really good at playing defense as well, really good at crashing the boards. Um, you've got a couple of really solid uh, players coming off the bench in Bella Dole and uh, Jackie Keister, who is the uh, the one uh, senior who sees regular uh, playing time. Um, they're both, uh, you know, very good at, uh, you know, following the, the game plan for defense and, and you know, really stepping up at, at, at key times. I know Keister um, had a great uh, steal and score there at the end of the third quarter um, against Denver that really set the table for, you know, what they were about to do in the fourth quarter, pulling out that regional final win. So, um, you know, definitely a team that, uh, you know, uh, again, is very defensive-minded. Um, you know, Matt Lindemann and Bruce Dahl actually uh, coached together for HWSR football, so there's a little bit of a uh, fun connection there uh, that goes beyond just the NICL connection between Grundy Center and Dyke New Hartford. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, you know, a very salty defensive team that has also – showing a lot of offensive growth this year. And, um, yeah, I, I think that that makes them a really well-rounded opponent and a team that definitely um, has earned their stripes and earned their spot here at Wells Fargo Arena. You know, six players with over 100 points, I think that sounds rare because, you know, you, at, a, at a 2A school, that's kind of – I would think that would be a – uh, not too many people. I haven't looked at the rest of the field, but I'm pretty confident that that you guys would have to be in that the right up there. And then four players with 85 or more rebounds. That also to me seems pretty good too, as far as more like a, as one of the leaders good in the in the field. I again, I haven't looked totally, but those two things kind of stick out to me as like. Whoa, that has my attention if I'm getting ready to play you guys. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, anyone who has seen Grundy Center in the past at these state championship games know that these girls just play extremely hard. Um, you know, Matt Lindeman gets these girls going, and, um, you know, they're, they, they are always, you know, um, going 110 miles per hour. Um, you know, very, very aggressive, like I said. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I, I agree with you. I don't know how it stacks up against the rest of the field, um, but definitely just a team that, uh, you know, is, is, is really, uh, you know, really aggressive. I guess you would say feisty is a word. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if I would, uh, you know, exactly say that, but, but definitely, uh, definitely hardworking. Um, you know, they, they really grind these things out and, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be a problem. Um, you know, I've, I've talked with, uh, you know, I won't name any names, but I've talked to some, you know, people at, uh, you know, other schools that, you know, either are or aren't in the tournament. And, you know, they've, they've said that, uh, they, they, they'd hate to see Grundy Center in the first round with the way they're playing right now. And I'm inclined to agree. You know, they've, they've played the tough teams and, you know, come off on the losing end, but the teams they have, uh, you know, lined up against, uh, they've, they've done a really good job and they're really good in crunch time too. They are, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that's really not easily rattled. Um, so, um, you really have to, you know, uh, you know, do some good things to get them on their heels. And even then you, you still got to kind of hang on for, for dear life there if they can make it closer at the end. So, uh, very, very interesting team is always uh, fielded by Matt Lindemann, and uh, uh, we will see how that all shakes out down in Des Moines. It'll be interesting. You know, five of the um, top nine scoring teams, and there's others, but 
um, the top three are in the field. Uh, West Branch is fifth. Grundy Center's in there, too, in the top nine. So both your teams score a lot of points. And, you know, they got – it's like the state has – the offensive firepower fireworks ready to ready to be on display here at state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, you know opposing coaches, you know, from from all eight schools really decide how to handle this. I know we've had some discussion on on the boys' side recently this weekend with uh, you know putting in a shot clock. I don't know how pace of play is going to look this week, uh, but yeah, when you see some of those offensive numbers. You start to wonder if uh, you know there there might be a, a good strategy and maybe slowing down some of the possessions, but um, you know I, I I don't know I I can't you know I, I can't see um, you know Drake New Hartford or Grundy Center really doing that too much. I mean they really like to um, have their de- their defense flow into their offense. Um, I think that's why you see a lot of those higher scores is um, you know when they're really getting those steals, turning them into buckets on the other end. Also, two teams that are just very good at getting to the free throw line, too. They're not afraid to get in there, try to draw some contact, um, you know, put up some some shooting fouls so they can get a chance at some and ones or at least a couple shots at the line. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, everybody, you know, like I said, it's always a chess match at Wells Fargo. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how uh, each coach decides to uh, handle each matchup individually. Jake, before I will let you go, why don't you tell the listeners how they can follow along with you uh, in your coverage this week. You're going to uh, – I know you have a, uh active social media presence, and you never know who's going to follow what. And, you know, I kind of tend to think that once you get to this far, people want to consume as much information as they can. Yeah, so um, if you want to follow me, um, I am on Twitter at uh, Jake A. Ryder. That's Jake and then A is in Apple and then R-Y-D-E-R, all one word. Um, that is probably the, the main place to find me. Um, I do have an Instagram presence. Um, you can check out some of the uh, the photos that I've uploaded there. That's Jake.A.Ryder, uh, same spelling for all of that. Um yeah, that's and also um, you know I just recommend uh, you know if anyone wants to check out my writing, um, thegrundyregister dot com and parkersburgeclips.com would be the places to go for that. Um, and yeah, yeah, should be uh, should be a fun week. Jake, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, probably see you down there next week, or at least one of the days. So have fun. We'll catch you another time. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Corner podcast. If you have any questions or comments about this program, please email me at conservativesports at gmail.com. Also, follow along with sports coverage in the Tipton Conservative newspaper this fall for North Cedar, Tipton, Wilton, and Durant Athletics. You can follow along on Twitter with the handle at Consports. That's my Twitter account. I also have a Facebook page called Tipton Conservative Sports, or you can find me on Instagram as well. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you at the game.